Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 many. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I hate the commentators. I hate the ring announcers. I hate the production. I hate the wrestling. I hate the interviews. I hate uh, the, their promo style. I hate the way the shows are presented. I hate the way the shows are paced. I hate the video packages. I hate everything about this company with every fiber of my being. And Rich Crage. You know, he yeah. comes out and you're just like, oh, gross. Like, look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in all the best ways possible. He's just the, the slimiest looking guy you've ever seen. I love him so much. <laughs> He's so good. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, how are you? Joe, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Got out of the way. I am Joe. I, I am Joe, and, I got Joe. It, and I'm fine. I already told you yes. I'm fine. I'm good. So we, we, I got that out of the head. I got out of the way. So let's do. Let's just get into professional wrestling talk here, as we like to do on the show. Just no bullshit. No, like Paul White. No BS here. You know what I mean? Just straight professional wrestling discussion from from pillar to post, beginning to end. Yes. <laughs> no BS. <laughs> Did we talk oh, about white. his weird legs? Did you, I don't. I forget if you talked about it on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, the your Thursday Dynamite review that you did for that week. What his legs are so weird? Why is this man on my television? No, he's BS, not looking white. Well. No, he's really not. I mean, God bless the man for being. What is he now? He's got to be fifty. Is is he in his fifty? He's got to be in his fifties by this point, right? I, I think he's the 51. big five. Oh. 51 years old for five for. For Paul White, yeah, for being fifty-one and being seven foot tall, God bless the man. But uh, yeah, does not look well. <laughs> not a man I need to be uh, watching in a professional wrestling match anytime soon. It, it looked like his legs were going to collapse at any moment. <laughs> they were he looked bowed in, like they were bowed at the knees, and like one of them more than the other. And I'm like, oh no, that doesn't look good at all. This one is going to be an completely abs- wrapped up and completely tied up, and it's just like, oh man. I now, to be fair. The man's 51. Yes. It's hard to even call him a part-time wrestler because he's wrestled three matches for the company and hasn't wrestled in two years. Uh, And they were all like short handicapped squash matches on dark elevation. Um, So he wasn't expecting to do this, but the man does not look well. And and I'll I'll say this. There's going to be an obscure reference and this could fall completely flat. When you were a kid, did you ever have one of them like novelty toys where it's like, it's like uh, you press a button and and the and the and the guy like collapses. I, I do all remember on that. Himself. Yeah, I do you remember. What the hell do, those you know, were do you really know what I'm talking about? Where it's like I do. It yeah, can, it's like a a cheap novelty toy. Like maybe you'd get 
at a birthday party grab bag or or at like an amusement a cheap like amusement park gift or uh, prize or something. So it's like this little man, like like arms, dangly arms, and little, and he'd be connected to this th- to this gimmick. And if you press the button, he collapses, and then you let go of the button, and he's fully formed again. Do you know the thing? I, I absolutely really no, know absolutely. And 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 it either Google's listening to our conversation or many people have searched this as well because I put toy that collapse i didn't even finish this whole sentence collapse and it said toy that collapses when you push button and came up with push puppets i believe is what they're called push puppets does that sound about let me right see it. let me let me see if this is the thing yeah, to, look up oh push yeah puppets. there it is yeah put it collapse when you push but that's the guy <laughs> that's the guy push, i guess they're called push that, puppets yeah that's what no bs paul white <laughs> looks like these days he looks like you could press a button and he's just gonna those legs of his are just gonna <laughs> he's gonna collapse in on himself and uh, <laughs> that's the guy that's exactly what i'm talking about yes i haven't seen one of those things in decades and i thought that you would have no idea what i was talking about but um apparently they still make these things i think I, you I christmas no is idea. settled the christmas season is settled for you then i guess sir the, the, Look, they got marvel marvel I, version i was gonna say the kids you're all good the boy's gonna love his little uh you know yeah. Insert. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what what's his uh, what's his superhero of choice. I, I know he he bounces around. He, a lot. he enjoys uh, the Spider Man. Okay, is he a, a a Miles Morales or a Peter Parker guy? Or he doesn't care. He's got no allegiance. He likes all of the Spider Man. Okay, all the Spider Man are good. He for likes him. them all. He also mixes up like he'll refer to them as uh, you know he'll be t- he'll be talking to me about it and he'll be like yeah hey, you know you know Toby you know you know uh uh. Uh, Miles Morales, and you know, and then he'll say the and then and you know Toby Maguire, and I'm like, that's yeah, whoa, 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 the actor. hold on, <laughs> that's like he mixes up the actors and the gimmick names. Uh, like, it, like, like he's, no, no, no. There's a Toby Maguire, and, and I'm like, listen, but he to him, it there's it's all it's all kayfabe. He thinks like it. He doesn't know that it's actors. He thinks he's watching like, you know what I mean? Like he thinks he's what like it's the these are all real Spider Men. So, so who's the other one? Tom something. Uh, Who's the other Spider-Man? Uh, <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. Tom. You're asking Tom, the wrong uh, guy. See, the, the Spider-Man. The note of Tom Holland. Tom Holland. That's, there you go. Okay. That's the other one, too, he always cites. And I'm like, listen, that's different than Peter Parker. Tom Holland is portraying Peter Parker. He's six. He doesn't understand. <laughs> oh, oh I see. They're all in the same universe for him. Tommy McGuire right, is a say. comic book character to him. Correct. And, and like, so... Peter Parker, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, Miles Morales, go right down the line. They're all like versions of Spider-Man to him. Like like guys playing Spider-Man. Do you understand? Got it. He yeah, doesn't yeah. know the capability of the actors and the and and the characters. Anyway, so um the Spider-Man, that's his guy. But he uh could you imagine if if uh for Christmas he op- he got like like these like like this giraffe fucking collapsible <laughs> toy thing. He would he would cry. He'd be like, "Why does why does why does what Santa do? Claus hate Santa me? hates me? I yeah. was good all year. I was good all year. Why does Santa hate my my guts <laughs> to give me whatever this thing is? Uh, at least, I mean, the Spider Man uh, push puppets look pretty sweet. They look like they're like four dollars. So maybe uh maybe in the, the old stocking you can throw them in the old stocking. I don't know if you have stockings at the uh, Lanza Estate, but uh, good stocking I stuffers, even... I'd say. I, I I wouldn't wrap this thing up. I, I think that might. Uh, be insulting to the young kid to, to wrap, yeah, wrap it up. They're still young but. enough to pull that con. They don't know the value of money. They don't, they don't, they don't know the difference. You know, they're starting to get brand conscious though. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, well, your boy like wants he, prime all the time, right? The Pauls have, have infiltrated his brain. 
they come grocery shop and they beg me for the prime. <laughs> I've beg seen that happen in action too. We were at a store once and a mom was walking with, with her son or whatever. And she's like, no, no. And he just throws the biggest hissy fit ever. And he goes, I want pride. And she's like, fine, go get it. Like a shouting match between this kid. And like, this kid was yeah. not going to let it go, man. He was like, we're not leaving the store until I get prime. And then they didn't have the flavor he wanted. And then that caused a kerfuffle. And the mom had to go up and down the fucking aisles. And finally, she was able to get the bomb pop one. He didn't want grape. He didn't want whatever the fucking other flavors were. He wanted the bomb pop prime. Yeah, there's a and bomb was pop not going to yeah. stop. And this kid is like, five and i'm like man that's like the daily amount of sugar that that kid is consuming with this coconut water sugar infused you know hydration drink yeah that they have to have because the paul's promoted is just wild yeah he um it's good stuff though i don't know if you drank it it's pretty uh it's very sweet though i don't know if you ever actually actually had a sip of any of the prime but it's uh very sweet i i did um a couple weeks ago you know, I use it as a motivational tool. Look, I'm like, look, I'll get you to prime if you behave, you know, be good in the store. So he, he, you know, held up his end of the bargain and I let him get a prime and, and we get home and TLB's like, what did you do? This is the prime energy drink. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> She's like, we can't let him drink that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're going to crush his soul. He's been asking for this for months. I finally let him get one. I don't know what I'm buying. I told him just oh, go and there's the plastic one. bottle ones, and then there's the can yes, ones. Yes, the I ones believe... that are like in the – okay, so the cans the are ones the energy, like the Gator- I believe, right? Bottles. Yeah, yes. the Gatorade bottles is the juice. I told him just go grab whatever you want. He goes and comes back with like the energy drink in the can. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a bad day for you. <laughs> and I don't know the difference. I, I'm like, I'm, whatever. It says Prime on it. So he comes home with it, and TLB's like, we cannot let him drink. And I, we had to let him drink it. His heart was broken. When we're well, like, his no, heart can't have broken it. after he drank that for sure. Good lord, it's a lot of B twelve so for a six year old or whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, we waited till the next day, like, and let him drink it early in the day. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> right. like not at seven o'clock at night. You know, and um, I mean, it, you know, he, I, I don't know. It, it didn't seem to 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 affect them any more than like you know eating Halloween candy. Yeah, it? except you for know, except for the next morning, we woke up with a pot of coffee. <laughs> hey, Dad, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> brewing a pot I, of coffee. You know. I thought that was – I always thought that was like a gimmick or an old wives' tale that if you let kids eat too much sugar, they they bounce off the walls. But it's I'm here to let you know that's absolutely <laughs> It's true. definitely like, true, yeah. That's, they, when they eat too much uh, candy or sugar or something, and like this time of year when they have all the Halloween candy, you really got to watch it because if they, they – it, it, it's it's like a real thing. Like the, the hyper – the hyperness just goes to another level, and it's just uh, – and it takes a long time for them to come down from that high. It's 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 really like a drug to these little shits and their stupid little bodies. So uh so yeah, no, yeah, I'm uh, keenly aware of of th- these kids and their wanting the prime. But uh you know, next time I'll know, get the Gatorade looking bottle. Yes, and yeah. not the, those, those the fucking... are just insanely sweet, but I think it's just like coconut water inside of them or something. I, I think maybe there's like extra potassium or something like that for hydration, but uh yeah, not not like one two hundred percent of his daily B six and B twelve vitamins or whatever, which I'm sure he does not need to get through the day. I think he uh, can just go to bed at a reasonable hour. And, and, and he is so excited, like he held, he was he was holding the can. He's like, "Can you take a picture and send it to mommy so she could so so she could see like, my eh, sister?" I don't know if that's a good like, idea. <laughs> he won't talk shit like about the, the the prime to his sister who was because I you know I finally bought it and um I, and so you know I did and I sent the because of course you know I'm like ah oh, it's a good troll so I took the picture. <laughs> And 
I'm like, hey, show show this to the girl, you know. And then we got home, and she was mad. She was mad at me. She was all fired up. And hey, now you owe but, her something. Uh, well, I I bought what, them what's both her a brand, brand of choice because you said they have they're they're emerging brand loyalists uh, coming. Uh, what, what's they're her becoming brand, brand of conscious? Like like it's um, it, just little things like like if we take them shopping for clothes or for shoes, like we can't get away with like buying them no name stuff anymore. They they know the difference. It's all from being in school, you know. It's all from being in school, and the you know how it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Come on, we all we all know how it is, you know. So it's like when they're little, when they're like four years old, you can fucking buy them anything. It doesn't. They don't. Let's go to pay less shoes. Ten dollars. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. They've they've definitely gotten brand conscious, and of course, I acquiesce. You don't. You don't want them to be the 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 kid in school who doesn't have the the cool fucking shit because we, we all know how that felt when we were in school uh, i do you know? <laughs> i'm well aware we all, keenly aware of how that felt yes we all we all did the same shit you know and and made sure you know i was very stressful it was always stressful going shoe shopping for school and just you know because because we were fucking we didn't have any money but you know my parents always so I, it was always very stressful it's like oh what how how expensive of a pair of nikes can i pull off Right, like I knew I wasn't gonna get. I, I had to play the know, game. I, I was able to get maybe one or two sort of semi-expensive, like like brand name things. So I had to play it out. Like what what would be the most expensive brand name thing? Jeans. I usually let jeans go. I was like, whatever, dude. I'm not gonna fight over. You gotta let some things go. Yeah, you I was like, jeans. Some... <laughs> Wranglers will be fine. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> fine with me, man. That's okay. Don't care about jeans. All right, right. You can get me the Lee jeans. My shirt will hang over. <laughs> yeah, the, right, right. The Lee jeans are yeah. okay. But yeah, yeah I, I gotta. I, the kicks, I got to get some decent kicks though. I can't be showing up with you know, uh, you know, l- less than less than standard kicks. And and yeah, so no, I'd usually no. let the jeans go because that that you could. I mean, if you really think about the value proposition there, right? A, a very expensive pair of jeans is very expensive. Like all you have to do is, as an adult, yeah. go try to buy jeans. You're like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here? But you can really get by with cheap jeans too, and they're okay. They're fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you can go to Target you, you, and get twenty dollars jeans, and you're okay. I mean, you should have a good pair get, of jeans no matter what, but. No, but the thing is, you're going to get less shit from the kids at school for the jeans. Right. They're not going to know a lot that of, much. A, a lot of times they're not going to notice. And even so, you're going to get – and you know why? Because they're all money-balling this too, and they all had cheap jeans too. Yes. So they have to lay low. They can't get on you for the jeans because a lot of the kids – a lot of they, a lot of them had cheap jeans because they were money-balling it just like we were. Because you're really focusing on – sneakers is number one. If you had the bad sneakers, you were going to get destroyed, in, at least in my school. Okay, so that was number one priority. I, I tried you know to pull off the uh, the shack shoes. Remember those shack shoes? It didn't. Oh well. no, yeah. no, it did, no, it did not work out no. well. I was like, oh, because that was one of my ga- one of my games one year. I was like, ah, you know what? These are like shack branded. So like, it, it'll make it's just as good as Jordan. You know, Jordan's got the Jumpman. Mm. Shaq's got the little Dunk logo or whatever. Yeah, that was uh, a miscalculation. Things, it wasn't yeah. miscalculation. Those yeah. things are like eight dollars at Payless. My parents were more than happy to acquiesce oh yeah sure you can get those shack shoes and not knowing that 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 value proposition did not work out that uh the shack shoes from payless were not nearly the, as, as you know as, as well respected as the air jordan shoes that uh my see that see we're like a half a generation apart you know what what the ones for people my age were the remember the ewing sneakers the oh, Pat yeah, ewing yeah, sneakers? Yeah, yeah there was a kimolage ones in the in between too the big men big men don't sell shoes man wemby's trying to no. break that for the first time ever we'll see I don't do even it. remember the who was the who was the manufacturer of that Ewing. The sneaker? Ewing shoes was that it wasn't like Ruse or whatever. It was, was it? a no name brand. Hold on, let me now see. It's weird because now there's all these 
throw, yeah, it's hard yeah, to Google. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to find them. Because like, now people wear them ironically. You know? <laughs> right. so, so they're probably worth $150 a pair now. I don't I see I don't remember those as much and I also wasn't on, on the east coast so nobody would be caught dead wearing Patrick Ewing shoes around Chicago at that time so yeah uh, that's right yeah 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 but uh yeah that's the same kind of theory yeah you really have to money ball it sneakers was number one and surprisingly might have been different in your school the book bag that had to be brand name that was a big key too you had to have like the Jan Sport or you know some kind of athletic brand because you can get a lot of shit for a cheap like backpack too. Yeah, you like a plasticky backpack. Yeah, I, I think I unfortunately yeah. had to live the life of a, of a bad backpack for for many many years. And you had to take that one. You had to take that bullet. Yeah, you right? had to take that one on the chin, yeah. and that wasn't great. That wasn't great. Yeah, everyone's rocking the Jan Sports, or we had Trapper Keepers was a big deal in my. Uh, I, mm. I don't know if you were pre Trapper Keeper, but that was no. Kind of when a big I deal at too. a certain age, like when I was in elementary school, you had to have a cool. You had to have an official Trapper Keeper, not the off brand. Yes. Trapper yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then then yeah, in the nineties was... they had crazy colors and stuff, so you could. You could sniff yeah. out a like staples, you know, ten for ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, or dollar like, store trapper keeper. Right, yeah. Just like a color, they're just green. You know what I mean? It's not like. Right. And then the trapper keepers were all sorts of crazy teals, purples. You know, all the all the very nineties looked like. You know, the, the Charlotte Hornets. You know, the fucking bee from the Hornets was like just puked out of uh, onto the trapper keeper. That's what it looked like, and, and you had that. And then we also had the starter jackets, which then I played the long game of the starter jacket. Mm. That yeah, because those were expensive. Those were, so you had to eat shit on the backpack. You had to eat shit on the shoes. I had to wear Shaq shoes. But I, man, I got a Charlotte Hornets and a San Jose Shark starter jacket. So the puffy ones with the hoods. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I wish I still yeah. had them. I'd be a fucking billionaire right now if I still had those. <laughs> yeah, the San Jose Sharks and the Charlotte Hornets starter jackets. My God. And, oh my God. And those were the two. Those were the two. Uh huh. Those were the two for whatever reason. The the, the teal, teal. I guess teal was, was in baby. Was the hot color at that time. But um, I go back to the old satin starter jackets. Remember those? Oh, those God. Are, yeah, yeah. I, I had a Los Angeles Rams satin starter jacket, <laughs> and it was my – that thing was my prized like possession. Stu Hart. You look like Stu Hart out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't even – that was my prized fuck. I used to I used to swagger walk into fucking Woodrow Wilson Middle School like Vince McMahon in my in my Los Angeles Rams satin starter jacket. Those ones rock. So we were, Those have great designs though, man. Ugh. Uh, so so uh, I made a big mistake. And I played like tackle football with my friends while wearing it, and it got torn. Oh. They ripped the sleeve, like the sleeve, and like the 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 fucking white stuffing was like coming out of the sleeve. And uh, my mother was like, "I can sew it." I'm like, "No, that's worse than not having one. I can't go with, go to school with a sewn jacket with like fucking stitches in it. I can't. That's ridiculous, you know." So that that was it. I remember crying that day. So I I, that, I got a great I got great news for you right now. The, uh, if the the kids want to get you something for uh, Christmas this year, uh, oh. homage, which uh, we do we do some stuff with voicesofwrestling dot com slash homage, H O M A G E voicesofwrestling dot com slash homage. Working in a plug here, working in a plug. They have starter Rams satin jacket available right now. It looks it looks. I mean, I'm sure it's obviously reproduction. It's obviously reproduction. Yeah. One hundred and sixty five dollars yeah, yeah. right now. L A Rams got the old logo on it. Yeah, see, pretty good. Look. I see good. the one you're looking at. The... Walk. I don't know if it's still Swagwalk, but it looks pretty. Sweet. I see the one you're looking at. It's got the yellow stripes on the sleeve. Yeah. See, mine didn't have any stripes on the sleeve, and it didn't have the helmet or logo. It said Los Angeles Rams, and like that script logo oh, writing. Oh, that that's the Rams better. Had that's better. It. That's better. Yeah. And I that that was mine. 
So let me if they let me see if they have that. They I don't think they do. Don't. Yeah, I don't know. And oh, do. here's the puffy hooded ones too. They got the puffy hooded ones. I see as well. Those ones are sick. Yeah, yeah. I might get one of those. I'm looking at this now. It might. It might. I better use I, that link because I might be dropping a uh, two hundred dollars on one of these jackets. I had a uh, soon. I had a Phoenix Suns puffy hooded one, and uh, like when I look back at old pictures, I'm like, that is the ugliest fucking jacket. <laughs> what? What were we thinking? Like it had these. All the it had the orange and purple and fucking of the phoenix. I'm like, I got caught like in public wearing that. That thing is is ugly, you know. But uh, in real time, like it was such a status symbol to have these uh, these fucking starter jackets. Yeah, look at this. I'm falling into this wormhole nowadays. Good Fake stuff over there. Starter jackets. Good stuff over there. Voices resting. They're not tra- homage. Hey, yeah. listen. You're not charging fake prices. I no. can tell you that. <laughs> no, they My are. God. These are, yeah. these are pricey. Yeah, they are, are not like, cheap. I said, yeah, maybe maybe, uh, maybe for the Christmas season. Do <laughs> they have the fake starter logo on them, or is starter still uh, a company? I, I wonder if starter is involved with them. I, I know that they, they get in bed with a lot of these these big companies, so I, I don't know. It's the design for sure. Yeah, no, but... it's it's their logo, so I, I, I'm imagining they probably just bought the licensing or whatever from them, so um the starter still exist great question i'm not the I, starter hats that, that were huge and they were the uh, biggest thing in athletic apparel for a while there and then they just you know the game remember the game hats remember those <laughs> the game hats i don't know if i remember the game yeah hats. that was the brand was the the game they were it was hot for like three years they they got the, the licenses game. of all the sports leagues let me see if i can and look then, uh, these guys oh yeah 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 okay yeah straight Big, lines for whatever lines. reason they liked lines they liked straight lines on the game yeah whatever reason they just fell off the game like i guess they lost their licenses or something but um it was hot i would say from like 92 to 95 somewhere in that neighborhood um was is where that peaked you know right around the time when the starter hats got hot but you know starter endured yeah yeah that was a that was a crazy time man a lot of pressure when you're like 15 to just have all the right shit right and, and yeah, and yeah, playing that game, playing like you said, the money ball. You had to play money ball a little bit. And, yeah. And I remember I lost a lot of years to make sure I got that Charlotte Hornet starter jacket or whatever. So, uh, you know, that, that ended up working, I guess. But then the Shaq shoes and, you know, later Starberry shoes. Remember the Starberry shoes? I don't know if you were. You're pretty, you're probably too old for the Starberry. No, the Star. No, I remember. And they were like $15. Yeah. That was, that was like the whole gimmick. Fantastic. $15 for basketball yeah. shoes. What can go wrong? Well, what can go wrong is you get shin splints for the rest of your life. Um, so that's and what, what goes wrong, wrong is here's what goes wrong, too. All the other kids in school know they're fifteen dollars. Yes, that's what goes wrong with the Starberry shoe. That's why that doesn't work either. Yeah, you know. So, um, I, I understand the idea in principle. Okay, an affordable shoe that kids will think is cool and it's not going to destroy their parents. Uh, but then that the whole point is that the other shoes are expensive. That's why people want them. So, like, it just uh, it's all counterintuitive and it's just uh, so pressure packed. Yeah. Well, but, it, uh, it, it, I'm sure it's even worse now because every shoe is like exponentially more expensive and i don't know i don't know the last time you've bought like basketball shoes it's probably been quite a while i don't know what you're i don't know if you're getting on the hardwood anymore these days joe but when you go to buy basketball shoes they don't ask you like you, you don't like if a guy stops you and and, and talks at whatever store or whatever you know, you know your your finish lines or your champs or whatever if you go in the store 
it's never about like okay what size are you what do you it's just like who do you like what do you wear what colors do you want and I'm like i dude i just want shoes to play basketball and they're like well yeah, uh you yeah. like kd are you more of a kevin devin booker guy and i'm like literally dude i don't care <laughs> like just a shoe <laughs> like a basketball shoe that's 11 that i could put on my feet and play basketball and he's like well what what's your normal fit like what's your normal fit like i'm 36 dude my fit is <laughs> Whatever I got in my drawer, you know what I mean? Whatever shorts I put on and whatever shirt I have, which is usually like an old giveaway shirt that I got at a a basketball game or a minor league baseball game or a work shirt that like, you know, they gave us for some fucking party or whatever. That's my fit, dude. It's just whatever. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Something's not going to make my feet hurt. (laughs) I'm going to go to a footlocker now. And do this. And it's when great. they say, are you a are you a Durant or LeBron guy? I'm gonna go, how about Tom Chambers? <laughs> how about Tom? Any, uh, I'm I'm gonna Doug Collins I'm shoes an, here. You got any Doug Collins shoes? Any yeah. you know I'm a I'm partial to Alex English. <laughs> right. Go Google it. Uh go Google it, kid. Right. I like to I like to shoot off the backboard. You got any uh, Jamal Wilkes type stuff around here? Or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the seventeen <laughs> year old kid is just like, oh okay. Yeah. You think you think the, the you think the eighteen year old Foot Locker employee knows who Tom Chambers is? Zero chance? zero chance. Zero chance. Zero chance. Okay. How far back can you go? Can do you think the eighteen year old Foot Locker employee knows who Vin Baker is? <laughs> no chance. No Vin Baker. No way. All right. Uh, let me let me inch a little closer to. Do you think the eight? All right. Here's one. How about Lamar Odom? Lamar Odom. I think you have a eighteen fifty fifty chance. I think it's fifty fifty. Yeah, I think for an eighteen year old, there is a lot of that. There, he knows him more from that sort of stuff than actually playing on the court. But but there's also the Kobe connection there. So he probably watched a highlight video uh, of Lamar Odom and Kobe or whatever. So there's I, I go fifty fifty on on the Lamar Odom chance. No Vin Baker though. No Vin Baker zero percent chance. <laughs> zero. And those those ugly Bucks uniforms yeah, with the literal oh. deer, the the deer, the whole deer that was on the deer head, uh, Buck uniforms. Yeah. No zero percent chance. Any any of those employees at any at go to whatever store you want to go to, Foot Locker, Finish Line, chance zero percent chance. Any single person in there has any clue who Vin Baker even is. Zero. All right. When did he retire? Like oh oh seven or something? Uh, ooh, yeah, he was a little earlier. Yeah, Vin got uh, a Vin got big, yeah. and uh, he didn't last very long Vin in the league once up. he got big. Yes, up. yeah, he uh, whatever it was. I think he was battling a, a multitude of uh, personal issues as well. He he actually lasted until two thousand six. No shit, Joe. There you go. I see. See. Come on, man. I know. Vin. I, listen. Now the last four years of his career, he played seventeen games, twenty four, three, and eight. So he wasn't exactly putting in big, <laughs> you know, <laughs> big. Big outputs in those last couple seasons, oh. but uh, no, he, he did well, hang I'm, around. I'm going to go down to I'm going down to the Post Oak Mall, and I'm going to Foot Locker, and I'm going to tell him I'm a big Tom Gugliotta guy. <laughs> right, yeah, got any kind of gooks things so. out here? Or what? Yeah, <laughs> Timberwolves Gugliotta. Yeah, that's Washington Bullets. Tom Gugliotta <laughs> with the fucking <laughs> the jersey with the two arms going for the rebound. That jersey, yeah, of the yeah. Bullets. That's the that's the era I'm going for. If you're ever doing a Mac of the Grid, Vin Baker, Los Angeles Clipper, and Houston Rocket, too, if you're ever looking to uh, add any little tip there for you. Would they know AK-47 from the Utah Jazz? Oh, Andre Kirilenko? Uh, no, nah, they don't know Andre yeah. Kirilenko. Nah. No Andre Kirilenko? Hell, really? Hell no. I mean, unless the unless the, per, right. the employee is Russian, I don't think they know who Andre Kirilenko is. Yeah. <laughs> There's a chance. There's, there's a chance. A chance. Yeah, I don't know about your area. I don't know if there's a lot of Russians in your area, but uh, if he is Russian, I'll give it a... 
55% chance he knows who Andre Kirilenko is. Rich, that man was an all-star. I, I agree. I'm with you. You know? How about Dino Raja? <laughs> I don't zero percent chance of Dino Raja. If he does know who Dino Raja is, that kid rules, and you need to buy a shoe from that kid so he gets commission for sure. If you walk in there and that guy and that kid says, "Yeah, I know Dino Raja," like you got to buy like six shoes just to make sure he gets commission yeah, for that. Whatever shoe he try, he wants to sell me. Yeah, and 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 when I get to the counter, I'll even say yes to the uh, to the upsell of the socks. How about that, I'll oh, take that, the socks. Fuck, wait till you, wait till you buy a shoe from one of those 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 sock upsells. They used to be yeah. like, hey, here's like a tube of, you know, white athletic socks. Now it's like, oh, yeah, these are like the Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant hyper action, you know, 3000s. Yeah. And they have padding in this part and this part and this part. And they're like, oh, my God, how much of those? And they're like, $37. <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. How about uh, Antoine Walker? Well, Antoine, Antoine Walker. Walker. Yeah, you know what? So a little bit of Antoine Walker because he's kind of funny. He, he's gotten a, like an ironic yeah. thing. So I think like the TikTok kids might know Antoine Walker because he took long shots and he had the quote about, you know, the reason, you know, I wish there were four point shots type thing. I forget the exact quote he had, but he's kind of a goofball. So I think they might know Antoine Walker. Okay. I'll give you one more. Would an 18 year old Foot Locker employee know Gilbert Arenas? Yeah, yes, they would. He he's like a podcast guy now. He's like a hot takey podcast guy. I don't know if oh, he is, is he? I yeah, didn't know he, that. He's well. He does the All current right. like this guy sucks in this era. They wouldn't be able to do this or like you know oh, it, that sort. He's one of those okay. guys. He's like dollar okay. store JJ Redick. In he, that wait sense. a minute. He, he played ten minutes ago. I, How can he look? <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> you are this era. What are you talking about? <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Like, he's he's Tom Heinsohn or something. (laughs) Tom Heinsohn. I forget which. uh... I mean, geez. Uh, I forget what he does. I think he does. I forget which one he goes with. Because everybody's got to pick, like, their era that they've decided. I think he's a little bit of, like, the current guys would beat everybody else type of thing. I think he's one of those guys. Oh, I thought he was stepped like. I don't know. I, like... I, I, again, somebody probably gets him on their algorithm or whatever and can tell me what the Gilbert Arenas, you know, uh, uh, shtick is. But I want to okay. say that he's like, oh yeah, LeBron would beat all these guys in the, you know, one of those dudes as opposed. I to... thought you were gonna say he was a big defender of 2003 or something. Yeah, and... oh yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, let me tell you, <laughs> Jason Kidd would beat all these guys in one games of one on one or whatever. And it's like, all right, dude, yeah. But yeah, he's got the right. Agent Zero show, I believe it's called, or the Gilbert Arenas show, or something, or Gills Arena, oh. or, or something like that. So I will, I will definitely never check it out. No, so. yeah, he's yeah, it's super hot takey. He has Kenny Martin on there all the time, and Kenny Martin does a lot of weird hot take stuff too. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I it pops up every so often, and I just scroll immediately past it. So, yeah. Uh, the Antoine Walker uh, quote that I wanted to get is uh, someone asked him why he shoots so many threes, and he says because there are no fours. Mm, so yeah. great and well, he, a man ahead of his point. time a man ahead of his time he he was the ahead best of his time, that right. man would be a multi multi multi-millionaire uh in this era if he was just like hey i'm big but i ain't getting in that paint i'm shooting threes baby <laughs> at that time it was like hey why don't you stop shooting threes now they'd be like what do you <laughs> shoot more threes what are you doing come on so good for him yes yeah. who's the uh who's the freak show giant who does the goldfish commercials and the geico commercials Is uh, he still in boban boban maranovich is he still in the league or what? Uh, I want to say he might now not be in the league. I think he was as of last year. I forget if he's – you know what? No, I think he's still in the Rockets. I think he's still in the Houston Rockets. Okay. He can't be an effective player. He's 7'4". Uh, nah, not, yeah. not really. No. He's big. Yeah, it looks – He's big, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't do too much. 
He bounced at the ball. He bounced at the ball. Yeah. <laughs> he's good, um, a good commercial pitch man, though. Yeah. I, I like when he's like, the guy, his buddy's eating goldfish. He's like, can I have a handful? And he like puts his hand in and takes them all. <laughs> takes he's, all. Yeah. he's a freak show giant. His hands are enormous, you know? Um, yeah, no, he, he, uh, I don't like his numbers, Rich. Not no, a fan no, of this not, a, not a great, uh, he's a good grid player. He's played for like nine teams. But, yeah, he's been uh, doing. He did the Dallas run, then he did Texas, then he did San Antonio. He he does he does the rounds of all. He's done, I think, every Texas team, and Philly for a point. And yeah, he's, he bounces all over the place. So, wait, is this is his per for real? Well, what the f- I mean, he only plays a couple. Let me let me see what he's. He's only playing a couple minutes a game, so it doesn't. Yeah, that's got to be it. I didn't realize. Yeah, because those are like Hall of Fame numbers. <laughs> He's not. A, I can assure you, Bobon is not a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, let me I'm, let me try to see these PR numbers here. Um, no, they're good. Yeah, those are really good. But yeah, when you only those play are like really, those really, really great good. ER numbers. But yeah, he plays yeah. like eight minutes a game. So when you play eight minutes a game and and get like seven yeah. rebounds in those eight minutes, like it looks. It's a little not bit an better. accumulative. It's not no. a cumulative like <laughs> no, war. No, 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 right. No, no. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That would be uh, like Vorp or something like that. Or, you know, wind shares, wind or shares, wind shares. Yeah, wind, wind shares is what you're looking for. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I guess we talk. Well, now that we've run off 90 percent of the listeners, <laughs> we can, uh... I think, I think they, uh, you know, someone said we're underestimating uh, Foot Locker employees. I've seen multiple Bill Lambeer TikTok compilations in the last week. So I don't know. Maybe you find out for us, Joe. I will listen. I, you know. I, I'm dying to go in there and, and just talk about Tom Chambers and, and and get the looks. And I will tell him, just like I do on the audio, I'll say, listen, Google it. Google it, young man. You'll learn all about Tom Chambers Hell yeah. and that incredible dunk. I'm sure they've seen the dunk. Maybe they haven't seen it. No, I don't dunk. think they have. If know. they haven't, sit them down right then, right then and there. Gather them around the phone and, and, and show them the Tom Chambers. There's I've, There's got to be a good Tom Chambers mixtape out there, too, you know. On the YouTube, or just that, the, just the dunk. You just got to show him the dunk, and you're good. Yeah, it's a great dunk. He made iconic in the uh, the video games too. That's right. He was in all of those, right? Bulls versus Blazers, all the. Uh... Yeah, the one where everyone, where like one guy on each team had a special move, like a finisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Barkley had the gorilla dunk, and um, you know, I forget. Uh, I think Alvin Robertson would throw it off against the backboard and then dunk it. Which I doubt he's ever done in his life, Alvin Robertson. <laughs> yeah, but, that's then, that's a hell of a dunk for Alvin Robertson. I don't know about that. Yeah, Jordan and, would take yeah, off from Tom, the free throw line, which was a little yes. ridiculous because <laughs> uh, that yeah. wasn't that long in the in, in that game. The Bulls versus Blazers and Bulls versus Lakers and all that sort of stuff wasn't a whole lot of space on that court. So yeah, t- taking off from the free throw line and getting a guaranteed dunk was uh, pretty tough to stop. Pretty tough to stop. Yeah, Tom Chambers was that double pump. Yep dunk that he's famous for but you would do it it would get triggered from like the three-point line so it was just utterly ridiculous and i remember the worst one was larry bird because his was a fadeaway jumper and it missed half the time <laughs> yes so, i hate that yeah so all these other guys had these had these dunks that were just automatic that you couldn't stop as long as they dribbled to the spot and and if you played with the celtics bird would just constantly miss this this baseline <laughs> jumper it's like What's special? I could do that with any player in the game. Like, why do I need Larry Bird uh, to miss this fadeaway jumper? Uh, yeah, but uh, that's the game you're thinking of with with the Tom Chambers dunk. I think that was Lakers versus Celtics, right? Or um, there was a yeah, whole Lakers round. Celtics yeah, Lakers, Celtics, yeah. Bulls, Blazers, Bull, uh, Bulls, Lakers. You know, you got all those for for a while there. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, let's just talk about old video old sports video games instead. It's better than the wrestling. I guess there's not too bad. Ah, wrestling's okay this week. So, uh, yeah, we got, we got some wrestling that we're going to talk about here. We got uh, NXT moving to the CW. We'll talk about that as well as more about the CW with the NWA. If you thought we were done with uh, NWA... Saheim or whatever the fuck it was. I I knew what it was last week, and now I don't even care what it is. But uh, something happened on that pay-per-view that we talked about that may have put in jeopardy an entire television deal. Uh, So we will talk about that. WWE's Crown Jewel, the uh, annual sports washing event, or or semi-annual, biannual, I believe, uh, sports washing event for WWE uh, in Saudi Arabia. We'll talk about that show. Uh, New Japan's Power Struggle, uh, main evented by Will Ospreay and Shota Umino. Uh, An awesome, awesome match that I cannot wait to talk about, as well as some other news and notes out of that show. Uh, the Wrestle Kingdom card uh, starting to kind of come together. We have a couple more matches announced and locked in for that. Uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling, you have uh, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima going for the Triple Crown against Yuma Aoyagi. We'll talk about that from November 5th. And then Dragon Gate's Gate of Destiny, that's a show that I was able to check out the the last three matches, the main title matches of the show, uh, so I can uh, dive into that. Joe, you did not watch the Gate of Destiny show, but that's fine. I can handle that. Uh, as well as some other stuff, maybe jump into a little bit of AEW of what's, you know, what's in store for Full Gear. Uh, coming up here uh, in another uh, couple weeks or another what week and a half week where where are we at with full gear that's next weekend if I remember correctly right I guess is we're just it doing next it now already? no okay no I I got no hold on a minute yeah it is next next Saturday eighteenth eighteenth yeah next Saturday we got uh, full gear. Uh, coming from uh, the Kia Forum in Inglewood, California. We, of course, will be doing an instant reaction live of that show on flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling and voices of wrestling.com slash patreon. So make sure you subscribe to the $10 tier for that uh, to get the live instant reaction of AW Full Gear 2023. Those are always one the, the, my, my favorite shows that we do uh, on the Patreon because it's just a chat room. It's just a buzz. Everyone's there. Big numbers of people in the chat rooms all talking about these pay-per-views, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, most of the time they've been good to great. Uh, so that makes it a really fun show. And sometimes they're funny. You know, sometimes you get the Kenny Omega uh, uh, or the, the John Moxley, you know, the, 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 whatever, the fucking exploding match with the little fireworks or whatever. And that was an all-time great show. We had the WrestleMania reaction after Cody lost to Roman Reigns. So they ended up being a whole lot of fun, whether the show was great or, or, or had some funny stuff to it as well. But uh, as far as the Full Gear show, though, we're, we're starting to kind of come together a little bit. And uh, so far, it looks like a pretty damn good show. I mean, AEW pay-per-views have, have largely stayed great. I mean, this year it has, has you know been filled with tremendous AEW pay-per-views. The TV can be hit or miss at, at, at times, and you talked about that uh, again on your Thursday Dynamite review this week, also at FlagshipPatreon.com. But uh, the pay-per-view looks great. You have MJF versus Jay White for the AEW World title. Uh, Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland. So far, that's just a straight-up singles match. I don't know if they're going to gimmick that one up or anything uh, there. Uh, Orange Cassidy defending the international title against John Moxley. Uh, you have Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland uh, versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne in a six-man tag. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Timeless Tony for the AEW Women's World Title. MJF and TBA versus the Guns uh, for the ROH World Tag Team Titles. Presumably Samoa Joe, but we'll see uh, what ends up happening with that story. And then uh, also announced this last week in a match I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, the Golden Jets, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. And uh, if the Golden Jets win, they will get the Young Bucks automatic AEW World Tag Team title shot. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll do a bigger preview of oh, all yeah, these yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah. This is not the preview. Detail. I'm, I'm curious if, um, you know, because the big theme I hit on this week on the Dynamite review behind the paywall was that 
I think we need to stop waiting around for AEW to course correct this current direction, this current feel of the show. This is just who they are now. I think that we're just in, in an era of AEW that is very heavy on the sports entertainment style stories and characters and presentation and that there isn't going to be a course correction. It's not coming, Rich. Right. The hard you know, reset, the, you know. None of that. Batting down the hatches. We're changing everything. That That's that's probably not happening anymore. We're getting back to what we're – no. I mean, this is like – we're going on like 10 months now, and um, this is just who they are now. You know, with, with MJF as the top guy and the world champion and the biggest star and, um, you know, it, it, you know and, and you could talk about all your – emergency meetings that they had last week and everything and for the poorly received show. Um, and, you know, maybe there were some totally over the top ideas that they nixed for this week and whatnot. But um, overall, this is just, this is the, you know, promotions and wrestling television shows go through eras. We all know that, you know, you look at any wrestling show and they all have a kind of distinctive eras that you can point to wrestling promotions have distinctive eras that you can point to. And um, this is just what AEW is right now. And this is their direction. This is what they believe in. And this is what they're going to do. The the question is, this will be, we'll see how this pay-per-view looks, you know, now that we're several months into this and their pay-per-views have have all been uh, great. Uh, this year Uh, this one has a chance though looking at the card to kind of mirror the tv a little more than usual maybe you know with some of the stuff they have on there i mean would it completely stun you rich craig if uh timeless tony versus hikaru shida was presented in black and white would Uh, that stun you it would not stun me no and if I would have told you that a couple of years ago that they're going to do a gimmick character that's going to wrestle in black and white, you would have laughed me out of the room. You're like, what is this fucking WWE? But I don't think it would stun anyone. I'm not no, saying, God, look, no. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I would say no, based on dynamite them saying that uh, we will only do this interview in black and white. Cause Thomas Tony has requested that it only be in black and white. It's not impossible that they say Thomas Tony requested that this match be in black and white. You know, I, I, yeah, it's not it's... <laughs> totally not out of their own possibility. I, I, I hope not, but, it's not 0% odds, I'll tell you that. That's not a 0% chance. And, and I know nothing, and I'm not hinting at that. I'm right, just saying. Right, right. You wouldn't, it's just an example. It's just anyone, an example. You know, it's just an example. And, you know, it's just the certain directions that the company has chosen to take. And they, they, they feel like they need to do this to to, to, to grow their viewership and, and, and their fan base and grow as a company. And, and this, I just think this is who they are now. And if you're not a fan of this, clearly our feelings have been made known uh very vocally over the last six months or so um you just have to live with it until we get to whatever the next era of AEW is so um you know that doesn't mean i'm I'm not going to come on the reviews every week and 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 not tell you when something sucks you know i'm not going to do what some reviewers do and just be like oh that's you know that's just you know that's the mentality and you know i'm not picking on dave Meltzer, but he tends to he's been he stopped critically reviewing WWE how long ago at this point, you know, and it's like, you know, and his his whole thing is I, you know, he reviews everything from a strict business standpoint, and that's fine. And we all love Dave, but, you know, I'm I'm not going to glow. I'm still going to tell you when it sucks. So that that's not what I'm trying to say here. But I do think it's time 
that maybe some people who have been dragging their feet, perhaps myself included, just have to accept that this is what AEW is now. And I'm very curious what the pay-per-view is going to look like. Are we going to get the same four-hour, wall-to-wall, action, great matches? You're, you're fucking, you're, you're, it's like, you're like all jacked up at the end of the night because you just think you saw one of the best pay-per-views you've ever seen. Is that still going to be the case? sort of in this new era of the company. It has been so far this year, but man, we're deeper into this shit than ever. You know, we've, we've got for what the second pay-per-view in a row, MJF uh, wrestling twice, or maybe not two in a row, but he's done it before. Oh, no, he did it at, uh, um, at all out. Yeah. He, he did both. He did, but so I guess it'd be two in a row, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah, he did it with the righteous and you know, now he's going to have uh, a wrestle dream. Partner. I forget. Did he do it at wrestle dream? No, I'm, I'm blinking on whether he did it. No, nah, he wrestled Tanahashi. At that's dream. right. That's right. No, 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 so, no, no, no. You're thinking of forbidden, uh, wrestle dream. He did, uh, no, that was the righteous. He did the righteous, righteous on, uh, on the righteous dream. was wrestle. was the, the righteous match by itself was wrestle dream. Yes. Yes. The two matches was all, was all was Wembley. Oh, it was Wembley and it was all well, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. No, I'm all, I'm all pre-show. Yes, all in, all in. Is that I kept saying all out. I meant all in. Right. So all in, he did the two matches. Then he did the handicap match at Wrestle Dream. You're right. Tanahashi was Forbidden Door, and you know now he's doing the two matches again, and you know it looks like it's just. It's going to be. It looks like he's going to team with Samoa Joe because that's what they keep building to here. He's going to have to swallow his pride or whatever and do what Coltel has been imploring him to do and take on Joe as his partner. Um, you know, so, you know, and he, look, I'm no fan of this. A lot of stories they're telling right now. I know that you're not, I know a lot of our listeners aren't, but you know, that's, that's kind of just the way I'm approaching it now. That's just, this is the era of the company that we're in. And I don't know, you just gotta have to hope that, you know, it doesn't work. If you don't like it, you just have to hope it doesn't. <laughs> right, right. Or, or at the very worst, you know, at the very least, I should say, at least the pay per views stay pretty much the same. Maybe you get a little bit of shenanigans at the beginning, uh, you know, and and that's you know, the TV's largely kind of been in this, you know, funk for a couple of months now, and the pay per views have mostly been pretty good. The MJF stuff was usually held to like the first match on the show or whatever, and then it was gone. Like the last couple of pay per views, yeah, yeah, yeah. all out. You know, it was him and and, and Cole versus the uh, you know fucking Dark Order, or whatever Reynolds and, and Silver. And then they got done with their, you know, grab ass shit. And then it was gone. And then the rest of the show fucking rocked. It was like, all right, grab ass shit's done. Now it's all wrestling matches. And then you had just a fucking tremendous show after that stuff. Wrestle Dream was kind of the same. You had the Righteous thing, which everybody thought was a wet fart. Everybody hated it. But then once that match was over, the rest of the show fucking rocked. So it's like that's all you can kind of hope for. The fact that he's doing double duty, though, leads you to believe that the whole show is going to have a little bit of that. Hey, what's MJF doing? Is he coming to this store? Is he walking through this door? Where's the, you know, like a lot of what the uh, the TV has been lately, which is every second. It's got to be like, well, what we got to check in with MJF and see what's going on with MJF and who's he feeding with and who's he against and where's the devil and where's Cole and where's Roddy and where's Samoa Joe and what's going on. Like, it, I, I, I hope that that, that would be my hope is that no matter what, how, we think of the TV, no matter what weird direction the TV has gone, that at the end of the day, this company has got so many talented wrestlers that you can't fuck up a pay-per-view. That a pay-per-view still is like the one thing in this in this entire company that cannot be tainted. And 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 maybe you have a bad match or, or, or two, but by and large, it's going to be a fucking tremendous pay-per-view because all these guys are way too talented. Like you can't, oh, we'll, I, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, this, I think this will be, and, and you're absolutely right to call it that, this will be one of those defining ones where we go, okay, 
now it's fucking with my pay-per-views and now i'm mad you know what i mean now i'm pissed because now you're fucking yeah. with these pay-per-views when i could always rely on that and 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 you know a lot of people have said and, and i do agree with that as well that i think rampage and, and collision have been a pretty good mostly wrestling shows over the last couple of weeks and and that's well and good but like i'm not gonna just not watch dynamite and only watch collision and dynamite or uh, collision and rampage i like collision and rampage when i can watch it at, 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 and i have time to do it i will but i don't think that's the point i don't think the point should be ah dynamite sucks but go watch collision like the, the point should be that dynamite should you know have some <laughs> better stuff on it like i, I you know i'm yeah, not gonna and, take and, that you know i'm not gonna take the loss of dynamite and just go ah whatever i'll just watch collision all the time instead like that that's no i'm not doing that I don't know. Let's not get crazy with how good Collision has been either, though. I mean, it's been okay. I mean, I, I, by their current standards, Collision has been okay. But I, I didn't think this week's Collision was was that good. I mean, it's it's a perfectly fine professional wrestling show. I mean, the Swerve Strickland, Ar Fox. I, I like how Ar Fox attacked them uh, during the cold open because that was different and it, it felt you know, uh, organic and everything and how it just led to the opening match. Right. That was this week's collision, right? Yeah, that was. This week's. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and they had, I thought they had a good match, but, um, you know, it, the rest of the show, I mean, you know, we had that whole, uh, that, that, that acclaimed 69 celebration oh. was embarrassed. <laughs> like, I mean, I just look, I'm, I'm not going to go on some crazy rant about it, but that was just flat out embarrassing television. It's just embarrassing. It's, that's that's it's, similar to the one that Todd Martin talked about where he was in his college dorm and had to like watch the door and make sure nobody walked in. That's that's that. The acclaim doing a 69th you know, celebration right. is like, oh, Rich, God. Rich is referring to a story Todd Martin told on a Hall of Fame audio during the Trish Stratus being forced to bark by Vince McMahon and and being embarrassed of that. Like the, the 69th celebration thing, it, it's, just, it's just embarrassing, bad television. And then... They have a embarrassing bad match against Dalton Castle and the boys. Dalton Castle and the boys come down, and Dalton Castle apparently turns heel and throws down their stupid sixty nine award. It leads to a match. Rich, how much you want to bet that the next time we see Dalton Castle and the boys, they're just baby faces again? You know, and 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 that's kind of like all these little problems that add up. You know, it's like they'll be heels for the night. You know, that's not that's 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 Vince Russo shit. You know, and that's Vince Russo shit. And that segment, that 69 celebration, I people get annoyed. You get annoyed all you want. Go write all the think pieces you want. That's straight off of the worst times of Monday Night Raw was what that was. It's garbage. It's garbage. It ran fans like us off to begin with. You know, and, um, you know, and then what else was on that show? Like Kip Sabian teaming with the Work Horsemen and, you know, the Willow Nightingale, Emmy Sakura match, which was kind of a nothing match. And, you know, the main event was okay. So let's not, let's, let's pump the brakes on how great collision has been. You know, it's not like collision is, uh, is, you know, and then what, there was like a kingdom squash or the week before. That might've been the week before. Um, no, I think it was this week. Um, so, you know, and then, and Darby Allen, Lance Archer, I think, which was fine, you know, and it's, it's, uh, so, you know, but, but any show with that awful acclaimed segment, you know, is not is is that was like twenty minutes, and then they had a match, and it's like I can't call that a good show. That was not a good so, even from that standpoint, you know, and and Rampage has had some cool shit. Like, yeah, Rampage has had you know it, this week had Penta, uh, Vikingo, and Commander, which was was cool, 
and Garcia and Trent, which I thought was okay. But then, yeah, I mean, the guns and, and you know, versus Daniels and, and Seidel was fine. Then fucking Sky Blue versus <laughs> Shafir. Uh, well, yeah. Sky so, Blue got her annual, her every week uh, wrestling match. And it was. That uh, story never goes anywhere. And it's like. <laughs> and she has the zero charisma. I mean, they're putting so much effort in the Sky Blue. And. It's just I, I I just don't understand it. And like if she becomes some wrestling megastar, which is highly unlikely, I will eat my words. But there is so much time and effort devoted into. Have they ever devoted this much time and effort into no. anyone no. aside from maybe MJF as they do Sky Blue? No, I mean it's incredible. Um, and she's just a zilch. Look at the collision the week before. I mean, yes, you had MJF and Kenny Omega. All right, great. That's one of the best television matches you'll ever see. The rest of that show wasn't that great. I mean, Starks and Dax Harwood was okay. You know, there was a, there were a couple more squashes. There's always a bunch of squashes. Jack Lantern fight, yeah, the the Halloween and the, fight, and the, yeah, the the fright night fight. I mean, which <laughs> is total, the total WWE bullshit is what that was. The now we're doing fucking Halloween fight. matches with pumpkins on heads and little Halloween decorations on the ropes. And what are we missing? All we're missing is Michael Cole on commentary. Okay. And it's like, you know, so again, let's pump the brakes on how great collision has been. It has not been great. It just, it's just as embarrassing of a show, except it doesn't have the same spotlight on it that dynamite has. So, um, and again, that's just what this company is now. I still have, I would still bet on a food fight of some sort Thanksgiving. Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll I, probably be there. I'll probably be live for that show, so we'll see. On one of these shows, they've got three shows now. they got five hours to fill. I am betting a piece of food will get thrown at some point on Thanksgiving week on one of these shows. You know, just like WWE. Yeah, mashed get potatoes. All the someone in the will room. get a spoonful of mashed potatoes and throw it at somebody else. Yeah. And, yeah. They're all dressed like fucking Quakers and pilgrims, right? <laughs> and someone's someone's wearing a turkey out. Look, they're dressed like a turkey. Like the Miz is dressed like a turkey. You know, it'll be Kip Sabian in this case. And they'll all be sitting around and you just, and a food fight will break out. And Excalibur will have to put it over like it's Masawa versus Kawada. And, and, and you know, that's going to happen. I mean, you could fucking bet on that. You know, and it'll be Pat Buck's idea or something. You know, that, that, that's what this company is now. You know, so uh, I don't know. It's 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 a shame. You know, we got this is uh, you know, sports entertainment with the occasional banger match. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's and, what and, it is. And that's I just really really hope that the pay per views stay. Great, you know what yeah, I mean. Well, like it, I'm I'm nervous about it. I am a little nervous this this month as well. So we'll we'll see. We'll we'll obviously work through it. Uh, that Saturday, uh, the 18th, uh, Interaction Live, flagship Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling, Voices of Wrestling dot com slash Patreon for can our I full year. A counterpoint. Yeah. yeah, what do you got? Um, Roderick Strong after he did his stupid little bit again this week, he looked right into the camera and said, "I'm going to show everybody why they need to take me seriously." Is that a sign they might be dropping the cartoon gimmick? If you had to bet on that today. Uh, if I had to bet on it, I would say no. Can I offer some supporting evidence? What do you got? No sign of the draft. Uh, my man was wearing a draft shirt, though. That was last week. 
no, he's he, no, 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 he was wearing the draft shirt this week. Okay, it was, it was like it was like a button-up right? shirt that had draft pattern all over it. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I got excited because there was no stuffed animal, and it looked like Roddy was maybe hinting at shedding himself of the gimmick. <laughs> Man, what are we doing here? <laughs> Imagine this. Is Isn't this like... this is AEW and we're having this <laughs> we're conversation? Like, I don't know. The draft was on the shirt and he wasn't holding it, so yeah. I think we might be going in the right direction here. It's... And it's possible that they might have a, a, a match well, in black and white. wearing his Adam shirt. Yeah. He has a shirt that says Adam, and he's wearing yes. it. <laughs> like... The pressing questions this week are, was he or was he not wearing a giraffe shirt? Will they do a women's title match in black and white? And are they going to do a food fight on Thanksgiving? These are real conversations we're having about this company right now. Well, how did it come to this? <laughs> It happened crazy. fast. How did it come fast. to this? It did. It did kind of happen fast. I mean, why aren't we talking about like some great world title match that's coming or um, whatever the fuck the latest fucking four and a half star match on Dynamite or somebody giving an incredible promo? Um, you know, it's like we don't talk about these things anymore with this company. We talk about was Matt Taven wearing a giraffe printed shirt. And is that a sign that they're going to drop Roderick Strong's annoying gimmick? This is what we do now. So people are telling me that that he d- wasn't wearing the shirt. I'm going to load it See, up. I didn't think he was. No, he, I didn't was. Think he was. I either. promise. I swear to God, he was. I'm going to find this fucking segment. Let's solve this fucking yes. mystery. Because uh, either way, if he wasn't wearing it, I know <laughs> he didn't he was have last it. week. I am. He had it last week. Fairly he certain he was wearing it this week. Okay, hundred percent had the giraffe yes. shirt when he had the giraffe. This wasn't. This week. was a a a button up shirt that had a giraffe pattern on it. Okay, this week. You're this saying. week, yes. Okay, you see it. You're looking at. It? Uh, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find. It. I'm trying to find evidence well, of it. I'm I, going to my. I would look, but I couldn't have deleted my dynamite file fast <laughs> enough after I watched that show. Okay. So I, I unfortunately see if it's on, if it's on their YouTube page. If not, I will, uh, I'll, I'll fire up my Xfinity, uh, and, and do it, uh, to find out. looks like I'm gonna have to fire my Xfinity. I will, I will, I will find this out. We will, uh, it might take a little bit in the show. I guess it was at the beginning of the show, so we'll, we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain his, his shirt had was draft ish. If, if, if that works, it, there was definitely some animal of some sort on there. So, um, but anyway, yeah. that's uh, that, that was full gear. Uh, our preview here. Okay, one second. I got it fired up here. Let's see. Let's see. Rich is determined here. I'm determined. No, no. I am. He loves to tell people they're I'm not going to get gaslit on this. That's a fucking giraffe shirt. My man He's wearing is wearing it? a goddamn wearing it? shirt. It's a button up shirt. It's blue and it's purple. And there are purple giraffes all over his fucking shirt. Apologize to me right now, everybody. Take- Rich, take that dub apologize that is a fucking giraffe shirt right there they are these men are pointed horizontally to the tv screen of adam cole's (laughs) video call and that man is pulling around a guy in a adam shirt and a fucking neck brace wearing a goddamn giraffe shirt apologize wearing the giraffe watch i'm looking at it right now that's a dub for creech not last week this week he was doing it both weeks all right what's up chat (laughs) right What's up, chat? <sighs> I never doubted him. I did, thank you. I, I think you did for a moment there, but that's all right. Anyway, real conversations we have around this company. 
big signing, Mariah May. So they're going to do an all about Eve gimmick. Great. With Great. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Great. Who cares? Great. Movie's only 73 years old. That'll <laughs> land with the, with the, with the Gen Z. RJ. What are we doing here, RJ? Come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that it, one on RJ. <laughs> listen, it's on him. Look. This shit would be great on YouTube. Yes. These are all great right? AEW like, gimmicks. Yes. Th- this shit would be great on YouTube. Or if they had fucking still had El- Dark or something. And like, we're not going to do it, Rich. We're not. This is who they are now. Yep. That's all. That's who they are now. You, remember, remember way back in the day when. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> he said no. He didn't even hear what I said. He's like, no. Nah. <laughs> Remember when when wrestlers in AEW would win matches, accumulate victories, and then earn title shots in the kayfabe of the promotion? Huh. Now it's just, if you're Willow Nightingale, you can lose a number one contender match and receive a title shot four days later on another tele. That's, that's where we are now. You could just have Mark Briscoe say, ah, I want Jay White's title shot. Let's put it on the line. All right. Remember when you actually had to win matches and move up the rankings and it all made sense and you'd have things like Brian Cage upsetting Hangman Page and derailing his title momentum and how cool that was and how it all was logical. Now Willow Nightingale cannot win a TV match for like four months, lose a number one contender match and get a, and get a world title match like, like whatever it was. Collision from Dynamite or Dynamite from Collision, whatever that, you know, it was right, less right, than a week right. later. Yeah, well, you brought it up in the Thursday Dynamite reviews, which, by the way, uh, flagshippatreon.com, $5 tier uh, for those. Uh, the thing that bothered me maybe the most about last night's show was the now we're retconning the devil. Like, somebody must have listened to our show last week where we were like, the devil never does anything. Why do we care who the devil is? Yeah. So the devil attacks the acclaimed, and now we're retconning it, and Excalibur is screaming about the devil is always you know, beating, like, destroying those who try to help MJF. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Yeah, you can't pull the wool over my eyes here. What are we doing here? No, 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 no. That's not how it works. No, I'm no. too smart for that shit. He attacked he... Jay White. <laughs> yeah, Jay White, who wasn't helping MJF, uh, was absolutely not very much the Mortal opposite enemies. of helping MJF. Correct. And then that's it. That's all he did. And then he beat up the acclaim. That's Until like, he no, beat up the acclaim. Yeah. Hold on a minute, X. Hold on a minute, there, pal. Yeah. Give so now, now you have stuff. the announcer. Now, now you have the announcers lying to us. Yes. What? What is this? What is this? What are we doing here? Just making shit up that never happened. Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it one bit. Anyway. Uh, used to really enjoy that show. <laughs> hey, pay-per-view, hopefully. Fingers crossed here uh, on I full know. gear. But, be, uh, yeah. Anyway. It's going to be a happening. It will be a happening. As, as Grill, uh, a, a former announcer used to lie to people all the time, Gorilla Monsoon, would say it's a happening, indeed. So You know, there's a lie. See, here's the thing. There's lies where you understand why they're saying them. So-and-so is arguably the greatest tag. This is maybe the greatest tag team. Uh, there's promotional lies. Yeah, being a promoter, promoting a wrestling show, yeah. you know. And then there's the devil attacks everyone who tries to help MJF when the only person <laughs> he's ever attacked is Jay White. Was his opponent at the upcoming pay-per-view who does not care that he right. got attacked. Yeah. Right. And then the screen goes with, like, static. <laughs> Then the devil comes on and tilts his head like a fucking pug. And then I, goes, I love the pug tilt that you keep mentioning. Yeah. And then it goes with the static again. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just, I'm like, I, what am I watching? 
professional wrestling. That's just how professional Fucking wrestling is done now. More children's shit that anyway. I could be watching on Mondays. Unbelievable. For what it's you worth, know, I, I, that I, stuff is worse, though. Having watched some of Crown Jewel, uh, that stuff is still much worse, which is nice. To... Yeah, you know, here's the thing. WWE doesn't even do this kind of shit that much anymore. If you really, like, this isn't when, like, Vince was there and, like, the Miz and Morrison were shooting each other with fucking water guns and 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 all that. Like they 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 don't really do the over the top goofy cartoon Disney no, Channel NXT shit. NXT does. NXT does, but WWE NXT main roster doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, WWE right. main roster now is just it's kind of gotten to that boring. point that NXT got boring as fuck. It's just like yeah. you know when when Paul Levesque would book NXT, it was mostly boring as fuck, and it would lead to somewhat good usually pretty good pay-per-views or whatever or or you know takeovers or whatever but the the day-to-day week-to-week tv was boring as fuck and just rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch and that's kind of where we're at now yeah see main roster wwe is typical boring triple h tv which has become his trademark where nothing ever happens and you're just it's fucking dull as dirt but yeah you're right nxt is where all that disney channel shit is still happening um I don't know, man. Yep. Are they? Are they okay? I got another question. For oh, you. No, no. And we'll more. move on. Is this a third hour promotion now? I mean, what's our one? What's our number one hour though? Fuck if I know. All Japan Pro Wrestling, I guess. N- name an NBA guys. I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. I, I don't know is, if they're third hour just yet. I, I, I that's that's going a little too far for me. I don't think they're third hour just yet. We're trending that way. It, it, we're not not trending. I, I will say we're not not trending that way for sure. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if I'm ready to go third hour. Uh, second hour for sure. End of first How, hour after we're done talking about Tom Chambers. That that's kind of where we're at now, but. Um, how I, much more? I can't. Go how much th- more? Third hour's tough. How much more babyface MJF crowd pandering before it's a third hour show? Mm. He's on a journey, Rich. He, it's getting close. I'll tell you that it's, this journey is getting close. I'm on a journey, and I'm taking all of you. Yeah. What the fuck? I, where did MJF go? This is '95 Hogan shit. Yeah, I don't know why we're doing this. Who murdered this man? You know, we'll, we'll move on. My my. My favorite thing from last night's show is MJF scolding Daniel Garcia for. I was just about to bring that up. Are you going to be a wrestler or a sports entertainer, pal? It's like, whoa. All of a sudden, MJF (laughs) is the one. All of a sudden, MJF is holding up the honor of pro wrestling like he's Carl Gotch. And and when when all of this shit is centered or all this bullshit is centered around him, he's like the king of the fucking sports entertainment. And he's chastising Daniel Garcia. It's it, incredible lack of self-awareness. It had to be an inside joke. It had to be. It had to be. It had to be. This is a man who was eating the too hot Chinese food and playing with inflatable alligators and does uh, fucking uh, uh, kangaroo kicks and all of this, this other horse shit, brochachos, and he's scolding Daniel Garcia like, like he's the fucking Iceman Dean Malenko. What the fuck are... What? That had to be a fucking rip. Had to be. Had to be. Had to be. Well, it had to be just because um, it had to be because Garcia was doing the whole pro wrestler thing all week. So I think MJF had to get his, you know, his heat back or something like that. I, I don't know. It's like, you're going to go with these guys and you're not going to be a pro wrestler. Like, after he beat, it's like, 
motherfucker. <laughs> Mirror. You just had that righteous <laughs> match. <laughs> what are we doing? Anyway. What That's are enough we doing? AEW. What are we doing? Indeed, sick to my stomach. <laughs> Full gear. It's Irrational Live, November eighteenth. Flagship Patreon.com, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling, Voices of slash Patreon. All right, let's uh, get into some other topics here. We'll start off first with uh, some news that broke just a few hours before we went live here. So it's kind of a developing story, and I don't know if we know the full story just yet. Uh, but it was announced that Vince McMahon was planning to sell a third of his TKO stock. Uh, per CNBC, Vince McMahon plans to sell around a third of his stake. Uh, he's looking to sell about 8.4 million shares, roughly $700 million. Uh, he uh, owned uh, 28 million shares as of August. So this is, you know, 8 million shares, 8.4 million shares is a lot, but he owns 28 million of them. So it's not that much, but it is still a third of his TKO stock. And uh, got a lot of people thinking after a lot of the quotes of the last couple of weeks from Ari Emanuel, who has been very upfront when asked about Vince McMahon and, and, and the potential, you know, issues that he's had and the issues that the company has had and, and, and mostly hasn't really stuck up for Vince in any of those. He's mostly said, yeah, you know, we might be getting less TV money because of Vince. You know, hey, we might be doing this because of Vince. Or, hey, you know, Vince is always a challenge. And da, da, da. So, you know, play the good game to get this guy all signed up and ready to go and, and, and get this company under, you know, together, but has been less and less, you know, forthcoming with a lot of praise for Vince McMahon since the, uh, the, the merger happened. Now, I don't know if this selling of stock is that or it could be something else as well. What did you make of the news? Because there are some other people that have some 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 different ideas. And again, it's it's kind of out of my pay grade. And I'm sure Brandon Thurston and, and Russell Nomics will have it covered uh, uh, actually, you know, well, because they actually know this shit more than than you and I do. But I don't know. I was a little taken aback seeing, you know, that he was selling, you know, 8.3 million shares, especially after what's gone on the last couple of weeks with, with, with Ari and, uh, and TKO and Endeavor and, and what they've had to say about Vince. 30% of his stock. Yeah. Something like 750 million or something somewhere in that neighborhood based on today's value. Um a CNBC article I read opined that perhaps he's uh starting the process of getting out. Um when you see the comments that Ari Emanuel made about Vince a few weeks ago, uh you kind of compound that with the idea that he's selling all the stock. Now the company is buying back a lot of that stock themselves. So you know, I don't know. A lot of the other articles I read really didn't have any take on it or any angle as to why he might be doing this. Maybe he wants to buy something nice for that new lady friend of his that uh, that he brought to that dinner with John Cena a few months ago. Yeah, I don't know. 700 mil. Buy, I'll um, buy you something nice for sure. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I you know, I don't know. I can only go by, you know, uh, what the analysts are saying about it and, and the only – piece of analysis i could find was from the cnbc piece that said you know maybe this is a, him beginning his process of getting and, and then they did the whole angle of you know the family business and his father and his grandfather and it would be monumental if he you know now got all the way out after owning you know 12.5 percent or whatever it was of the tko stock previous to this and all that so i don't know you know vince is fucking old now and he's doing a lot of moves that we never thought he would do so um, maybe he's cash poor at the moment and just wanted to replenish his funds. Maybe it's something as simple as that. It almost never is with these things. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, there, there's a few different ideas out there. Uh, uh, Front Row Brian, who is a longtime, you know, figure four board poster. I think he's Fight Oracle right now on uh, on, on Twitter. 
Uh, he said that uh, this is all he says, quote, and I'm reading exactly from his Twitter. Vince entered into a variable prepaid share forward transaction. Vince isn't bailing. He's settling up. Notice the date of when it comes due. Market isn't understanding this news. So he, he, uh, he screenshotted something as well that said variable prepaid forward contracts are investment strategies that allow a shareholder, in this case, McMahon, uh, to generate liquidity for a number of issues, including risk management purposes. The move was done to make sure WV has enough liquidity, uh, liquidity to go through the whole coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the variable prepaid forward contract is scheduled to settle on the specific dates in March 2024, at which time the actual number of shares of the company's Class A common stock to be delivered to Mr. McMahon will be determined by the price of the company's Class A common stock. Yeah. Yada, 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 all that sort of stuff. So that's his idea is that Vince, you know, sort of did this thing where he said, hey, you guys can have some money. You know, the, the company can have, you know, some of my share money so that we can get through the pandemic. But now, you know, on March 2024, I want my money back now. That's his idea of what this potentially is. I don't know how that all makes sense. That's out of my pay grade. I'm not entirely sure. Brandon Thurston was also talking about it, maybe from a different standpoint as well. He just sort of said that, you know, Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro have, have, have quote, indicated an interest in, in buying these shares. So the idea was that, and, and he did a, a talk a couple, uh, Ari Emanuel did a talk, uh, Errol Emanuel did, did a talk, um, I want to say about a week or so ago, maybe, uh, maybe a couple more weeks ago, where he was talking about the TKO stock and mentioned that one of the things that was potentially making people wary of the stock is that Vince could at any time sell his shares because he's older, because he might not want to be involved in this day-to-day stuff anymore. Because So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, it's out of my pay grade. I have no idea. But it's a story. It's a story to keep an eye on for sure. One way or another, it, it, it's a big story. Anytime Vince McMahon is selling 30% of, of the shares of, of, of the new company that he helped form, that he's you know a, a corporate executive of, that does make you wonder what's going on. And, and, and you know, there's been a lot of smoke to the fire. Like we said, Emmanuel has been very upfront about not exactly, you know, some of the issues with Vince. They talked about the SmackDown deal not being at a big enough increase. And he mentioned that Vince may have been a potential reason for that or, or, or you know, a potential issue for these TV networks. Again, there's been the talk that he's been removed completely from creative, that he doesn't really have any day-to-day uh, operation, you know, responsibilities in the company as well. So who knows? It could be all sorts of things, uh, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, like I said, WrestleNomics, I'm sure we'll have more details about it, and I'm sure the Observer uh, this week, Dave Meltzer, will we'll probably have some more details. Out of my pay grade uh, as far as what's exactly going on, but uh, no, definitely uh, uh, definitely an interesting thing to, to, to make note of. It's not happening you know, for bloom, no reason. There's all reason, for sure. The bloom has really come off the Vince Rose very quickly with TKO. You know, it's there's seemingly a story every other week that makes you raise your eyebrow and be like, what is going on here with Vince and this company? Could he just be uncomfortable having, you know, not being the final say and not being the boss anymore. Right. It's the first time he's got a boss in, in his entire, other than like the day that he joined the company under his father. You know what I mean? This is the first time since what, 1984 that he's had a boss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, who knows, but, um, they, as you mentioned at the top, they did have their blood money show this weekend and, uh, rich, you didn't watch it. I watched it. Um, you know, I watched some of it. I, I watched uh, the, the oh, main yeah, you did, you I, did. I watched. I watched the yeah. stuff that I thought I needed to watch and, and skipped the stuff I didn't think. I, I forgot watch, that so. you told me that. I, I, when I talked to you earlier today, you hadn't seen any of it. But, um, you know, the Blood Money show, and it, there was a really – and I guess we may as well just get that out of the way yeah. here at this point since we're talking about Vince. But, you know, I watched that show and I watched Power Struggle, and I was thinking to myself when I was watching 
I forget which one I watched first, but when I was watching the second of the two shows, they were really dichotomies of one another because the, the crown jewel uh, blood money file was over four hours long. And you're just like, oh, fuck, what have I gotten myself into? And then the power struggle file upload on New Japan World was like over five hours long. And a lot of that's deceptive. You know, power struggle, there was a pre-show match. And then there was just that title page showing like the schedule of upcoming events yeah, that yeah, New Japan yeah. World that, does. That, that always freaks me out. I hit play. I, I start yeah. that file and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and then yeah, half of it can be skipped. That's like a half hour. The show starts you know, at like, like an hour 15 on the file and you're like, oh, okay. That's not too right, bad. right. So this is more manageable. Yeah. But the pointer is these were both still very long shows. And one of the shows had one, two, three, four, five, six, one show had seven matches in four hours. And the other had, I don't know what, but fucking 10 matches or whatever it is on Power Struggle. Um, and, you know, the Crown Jewel show, the it's not that the wrestlers didn't work hard. That That's not what I'm going to try to convey here. But what they did was they worked a very big building style. Slow deliberate um you know letting everything sink in but to a fault and the seven matches on this show this match dragged oh my god did this show drag and you had the usual wwe thing of all of this dead time in between the matches there was one point where there was like 35 minutes in between two of the matches uh, and wedged in between was like a Grayson Waller effect gimmick and all this. And, but even in between the other matches, you have all this dead time commercials and, you know, the video packages and just fucking utter bullshit. They ran this one cringy propaganda commercial <laughs> for this Saudi airline. And it was, I want to get the people right. Bailey. Bailey, uh, Bianca for sure. Yep. Drew, Drew McIntyre yeah. and LA Knight were the four. Yeah. And this was a combination commercial to put over both the Saudi airline and Saudi Arabia as being this great vacation destination and tremendous forward thinking progressive nation. And, you know, they're sitting there, the four of them, and we're, we're cutting to these sound bites of LA night going, if I ever have to travel long distance on a flight, <laughs> I'm picking Saudi air. And, you know, and Bianca Belair, Oh, everyone was so nice to me, and I had such a delicious meal. On the I flight. ate so much and food. <laughs> I had so much food, you know. And Drew McIntyre, oh, I've been on a lot of international flights, my friend, and I just, I just was first class, top all the way, you know. And then they're talking about how great Saudi Arabia is and all that, and it's just fucking gross, you know. Putting over this airline and putting over the country, and this is the kind of shit they make you watch. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, if you can, if matches, you can get on a Saudi flight. And you, the flight's not being held up because two billionaires are having a, a, a pissing match between each other. Right. It's probably great. If you're not held hostage at yeah. the airport uh, with uh, nefarious mechanical issues in the plane, uh, yeah, it's great. Once you get on the plane and in the air, I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah, just sometimes you might get held up at the airport uh, while two billionaires fight over, uh, you know, contracts. But, you know, other than yeah, that, but the, check, the check's clear for those four, I guess. So uh, good for them. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, back to my original point. Seven matches, they all dragged. All of them were just dull, varying degrees of dull. 
Uh, Rey Mysterio, he did it, Rich. He managed to have the first boring Logan Paul match. Oh, man. So I, didn't watch, I, I, I felt Mysterio. bad that I didn't watch that match. And then I saw um, the cage match rating, and it wasn't good. And I was like, ooh, okay, hold on. What, what, what I haven't What was the? I haven't seen. What's it the cage was, match I want to say it was like a 6.5 or something like that. Let me, let me try to see if I can right. find it. Let me see if I can sounds find the exact right. number. It's... Um, Uh, six point nine. It, it is. It is climbing up to six point nine. I would say that's a, even a tad high. I, you know, it was. Uh, it wasn't a bad match, but look, I've been out on Rey Mysterio for like twenty years. If I'm being completely honest, yeah, we're, I, we're the show. If, if I, this is the show where like we kind of got done with Rey Mysterio in like two thousand four, you know, we were pretty much done there. So look, look, I get, look, he's great. He's an all time great. There was nothing like Rey when he broke in. Um. But uh, honestly, to me, his peak work was WCW and, you know, the, the stuff in AAA once he, you know, had a little experience and wasn't 15 years old anymore. And, you know, I, I have never loved his WWE work and I certainly am not a fan of anything he's done in like the last decade, at least. It just doesn't, it doesn't hit for me, I, I, you know, but um, how you have a boring match with Logan Paul is beyond me, but it just felt like the matches were very deliberately worked in that big building style and none of it landed. I mean, Seth and drew was probably the best match as the opener, but it was one of those Seth Rollins specials where it peaks at three and a half, you know, and it's just that Seth, he's, you know, this allegedly great wrestler that just never has great matches. And, um, you know, the women's four way was next Ripley, Nia Jax, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. I mean, I have nothing to say. Um, Solo Sokoa John Cena we talked last week we thought Solo should win and he did and not only did he win he fucking destroyed him I mean Cena you know did a ton to help this guy you know he had Solo give him the thumb strike like three times in a row and pin him clean in the middle with the hand on the chest I mean so good for John Cena you know, the strike is over, so he's probably going to exit stage left yeah, now. Yeah, go I was going to say, Hollywood. whether or not he lost and his match or not, that, that strike is done, and he is uh, he is back to Hollywood, I'm sure. So, Cody, yeah, and I mean, you can have the match again, unless Dwayne wants to have the match, and then you can't have the match. But then maybe Dwayne won't want the match, and then you can have the match. But he might not win, because we might get Dwayne next year. So, um, But he did business the right way here, and he did what we said that they should do, and he lost. You know, and then was uh, Logan Paul, Rey Mysterio, which was fine, but it was... Um, there's just nothing. It was just dull. You know, it was just a, a dull match. And, and Logan Paul won the U.S. title. So, uh, EO Sky, Bianca Belair. I mean, again, you know, what, what, what's Kate? You have the cage matchup. What did they say about uh, this? I Probably do. 6.5 or something. That one was um, 6.36. Yeah. I mean, it just show was just, and listen, these days, cage match overrates WWE, if anything. So for matches to get these kinds of ratings, look at some of those NXT ratings, for God's sake. So for these matches to get ratings like this tells you how dull of a show this was, you know? And then Kari Sane came back. Big surprise. Kari Sane. So she back. was on the internal roster, uh, Joe. Ah, uh, Russell yes. votes was right, I think. I forget ah. who said she was on the internal yeah. roster, but they were right. That was the <laughs> dumbest. to Russell fucking... votes, I think. Yeah, well, here's what I would say to Russell Votes. Who fucking cares? Like, everyone knew she was coming back. What difference does it make if she's on some goofy internal roster or not when we all know she's coming back? That was, like, the biggest non-story of the year. Like, we all knew she was back. Who cares about the internal roster? You know, what a dumb pissing match to have, you know? But um, she returned here. I did. I don't feel like a lot of the fans recognized her. Some of them definitely did. 
Um, but all right, Kyrie Sane's back. That's great. And um, Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest. Again, it, it's hard to even have takes. On yeah, I, I did. I did jump in at this point, and this was. Go ahead, then. It's all you. Uh, perfectly fine professional wrestling. You, you, match. you, yeah. you try to break this I, down. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's once you get because my new thing with WWE pay per views is I just smash that thirty second button on on entrances. I got no time for the entrances. I have no time for the sing because the WWE entrances are so fucking long now and so much pyro. And at one point, <laughs> it was actually during this match as well, Wade Barrett was trying to talk about something. He was trying to build up the match. And Cody had like four or five different pyros go off while like he did his entrance pyro at the first. Uh, and then like another uh, every time the, the, the song goes, uh, they, they play pyro. And so Wade Barrett's trying to talk and he goes, how much pyro does this guy need? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and he's right. I mean, come on, let's reel yeah. it in a little bit. Yeah. But that's it's it's an entrance company now. So it's like. People are there to sing along with the songs and watch the entrances and all that sort of stuff and film themselves singing along to the entrances and all that sort of stuff. So once you pound the fast forward button, it's like the bell rang and then they had a perfectly perfunctory like 10 minute match that you'll never, ever, ever think about in ever for the rest of your life. And then it was over and I was like, all right, cool. I, I mean, I don't know. I, like didn't matter at all. And, and you know, priests. Cody, Cody has to keep winning. Yes. So priest had to lose, even though he's the, senior money in the bank so um he, he threatened to cash in on seth you didn't see this yes and then sammy so, came out and stole the briefcase or whatever right sammy came out and stole it yeah okay cool. so um great yeah, yeah. So anyway. well gee, i'm on the edge of my seat i'll tell you <laughs> hired ass gimmick. find out what so, senior money in the bank cashes in i i cannot personally wait so sam roman reigns la night and I thought Roman should win. He did win. This is not one of those cases where I think that they potentially, oh, missed, no, no. you know, LA Knight is just, he's, you know, he's people like to say, yeah. And that's really the extent of it. I'm glad he's selling a lot of t-shirts and that's nice, but he's not that bell rings. Guy you're gonna, that bell, bell rings, rings and he, he's rings. got nothing. He's got nothing. He tries really hard. A lot of his offense is, and and to his credit, he's very much an old school worker in that way. A lot of his offense is like slow and deliberate, like you said, to get the crowd to react at certain points. So now he does this thing where he, he you know he'll slam the guys' heads on the on the announce table and do it slow enough so the crowd can go yeah 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 yeah, yeah as he's doing it. So he did that like seventeen times to Jimmy, and then Roman came over and then he grabs Roman and then he go yeah yeah and he slams him into the and it's like oh, okay I get it I heard you. And then, you know, they do the boo, yeah, boo, yeah, punches in the middle of the ring. It's like yeah. you're watching a match from 1984. It's like, all right, I mean, I get it. Fine. You know, it, it's. It, or you're it, watching MJF. Or you're, yeah. yeah, so, you know, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but, so, yeah, this, I, I'll, I'll just say one thing. I'll just say one thing. Yeah. I talked about it last week. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If you are going to vote. This guy for your Flair Thez Wrestler of the Year, this Roman Reigns guy, when he has the most boring, milk toast, nothing fucking happening main event in a in a sea of nothing happening main events that he's had throughout this year, and he's bouncing and leaving the rest of the year. I am sorry, I na- voting for this guy for an award named after Ric Flair and Luthez sickens me. Get him crazy. I hate it. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> He's this wrestled uh he's wrestled eleven matches this 11 year. Eleven matches and maybe two of them were good. Seven on tape, by the way. So really seven matches. And yet 
there's another wrestler that we're going to talk about later this week or later, you know, on this show that has wrestled in pretty much like a, just about every country that has wrestling in some form or fashion. This guy's worked and he's had every promotion's best match of their entire year and just had another a fucking incredible match this week as well. That guy sounds more like Ric Flair and Luthez to me than the guy who wrestles 11 times in these boring ass matches where, where, where nothing happens at all. And he talks and no, I'm sorry. This guy, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. This award is for wrestling and drawing. It is not just a drawing award. It is not, it is named, if it was the Ric Flair, or, or if it was the Hulk Hogan Wrestler of the Year Award, great. Go give it to Roman Reigns. If, if Hulk Hogan had won this award 10 years in a row through all the 80s, great. Then that is fine with me, that, that you want to give this award to Roman Reigns. I'm sorry. It's the Ric Flair Luthez Award. This is not going to this guy with 11 matches, and, and, and at best, two or three of them were even remotely entertaining. This match was boring as fuck. All, all right, complete so- with the fucking spear through the barricade drink you know if you're playing a drinking game or bingo spear through the barricade walks in one two three okay complete with the other guy might have beat him was about to beat him that's always the 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 thing about these roman reigns matches we have the announcer saying one of the greatest champions we've ever seen just an unbelievable specimen of a a champion always cheats (laughs) always taking to his absolute limit by by everybody that he wrestles in this case L.A. Knight hits whatever the fuck. I forget what he calls his finishing move or whatever. Has Roman dead to rights. Jimmy slides in and, and puts Roman's leg on the ropes. And they go, oh, Roman Reigns would have lost this match if not for Jimmy Uso's, you know, uh, you know, helping there. And it's like, then Roman wins, and then we have to pretend Roman's the greatest champion of all time, and he's unbeatable monster and all this sort of stuff. It's like, then a guy cheats every time. There's always interference. Yeah. Why are we, why Michael, are the Then Michael Cole goes, 1,167. Why are you praising him? Right. That's shouldn't, not. That shouldn't be the story. The story should be. Yeah. I, he got away with it again. Unbelievable. You know, yeah. Maybe it is the Ric Flair Award because it seems kind of similar to Ric Flair in a lot of wow. ways. And cool. it, it is peak heel stuff. But no, I can't give it to when there's a workhorse like Will Ospreay wrestling all across the world, having the best matches of everybody, having everybody's best match of their entire year against him. Every promotion's best match. Traveling to France and having the best match in France. Traveling to Japan and having some of the best matches in Japan. Traveling to America and having some of the best matches in America. Going to the UK and having some some of the best matches in the UK. I'm sorry. I can't vote for this guy with his boring-ass matches. This thing was so fucking boring, this match. Holy shit. Never ended. Nothing happening. Nothing. 20 minutes. Fuck this. You get the slow clap, sir. <laughs> 20 minutes of the fucking spear. Get him. Get him, Get barricade. Get out of here. Go away. And he's going to go Listen. away. He's going to go away to Royal Rumble. Did this... This match, which will probably be his last match of the year. I mean, it, it's a good capper on his fraudulent wrestler of mm-hmm. the year case. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he, he made it perfectly because it's like if he rose to the occasion, maybe then it's like ah, I got to swallow my words. He had the best, you know, he had the best possible match with L.A. Knight. You know, what I mean, he 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 delivered it. No, <laughs> no, nowhere close. Yeah, um, you know, you look at his year. And again, he has seven matches on tape. <laughs> what are we doing? And, you know, <clears throat> the Kevin Owens match, good match. The Sami Zayn match, I'll, I'll, it's a great match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cody match, I liked it more than you. Yeah, I, liked it. I, 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 I wavered was... on that match a little bit. It may have been the finish that kind Bad of. finish. The finish kind of maybe 
Nobody likes the finish. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to go back and watch it. It'd be tough to go back and watch it, but I, I don't recall what I thought of the actual Bell to Bell. I thought it was a good night. I enjoyed it. Um, the Night of Champions tag. Owens and Sammy versus Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Oh, no. We hated it and thought it was long and boring and dull, waiting around for the interference, all that kind of shit. The mouth breather fan, the WWE fans thought it was great. I shouldn't be mean. The WWE fans thought it was great. Dave Flation gave it four and a half. Um, <laughs> Cage match has it 8.42. It didn't land with us. Uh, next up was the Usos versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa at Money in the Bank. That was the long. Okay, I mixed these two up. The Usos versus Roman and Solo was the long, slow, boring one. It was over a half hour long. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's the one I just talked about, wasn't it? There, so, yeah, Joe, they were both long and they were both boring, to be honest. No, no, the no, the Kevin Owens, listen. Oh, yeah, that one was in Saudi, the Kevin Owens, Sammy's. Yes. You're right. They were both long, slow, and boring. <laughs> Thank you're right, you. you're right. Um, so that's why I got confused. I'm talking about, like, the same match, like, um, over and over. Okay, next up was, and this is where it gets ugly for him, okay? The Jey Uso match, tribal com- tribal combat. Tribal combat, tribal combat at SummerSlam. That match was a fucking dud. The WWE fans didn't yes, even like they it. hated it too. That match was a fucking bomb. It was a 36 minute dud. That match sucked. And then he follows that up on the Blood Money show with this LA night fucking two and three quarter star special with the bullshit, with the lame derivative interference finish. It wasn't even a creative interference finish. Listen, that is not a wrestler of the year. I can't do it. Resume. Now, listen, that Flair does, so people understand. That's the pro wrestling MVP. It's different than the Bell to Bell wrestler of the year, which is the most outstanding award, which Will Ospreay is going to win by about 9,000 votes. That's wrapped up. He's That's got that award. one done. Yeah, okay. give, him the, give him the fake trophy that they don't make. What we're talking about here is the MVP of pro wrestling, which is a combination of in-ring work and promos and all that and business. So typically what the voters will do, they'll give the most outstanding to the great worker. And then it's like, all right, well, he got his award. And the MVP ends up usually being like a business award or something. And the thing about that is, even from that standpoint, Roman goes away for two, three months after SummerSlam. And Rich, what happened to WWE business? Fine. Nothing. Nothing. It was business as usual. I, I will say regard regarding that award, 2011, 2012, 2013, Hiroshi Tanahashi, New Japan Pro Wrestling, was, was the wrestler of the year. That's a perfect blend of work and business. Right. Mostly the work by 2011, but then 12 and 13, yes. Now that now you're talking that's work. the company on that's a company on the climb all those right. years though. Right, right, right. 2014, Shinsuke Nakamura, your wrestler of the year. Yeah, okay, another combination. I mean, that was his big Intercontinental title year where he carried all of those. That was that year that New Japan rolled out all those extra shows. They split up all the, the yeah, fucking IC new title shows. Yeah, and he, he and, made event yeah, those, and they all did he, great. That's right. So that was another combination of. Of that was Nakamura's. That's the best year of his life. Uh, AJ Styles, twenty fifteen, New Japan and Ring of Honor. 
mostly work, mostly uh, work. But, but was a headliner in new japan at least so that was the justification on that end go ahead uh 2016 aj styles wwe that was when he was fully wwe at that point mostly work i would say wasn't bombing to... on on you know main eventing pay-per-views but but mostly a work case i would say who finished you you happen to know i don't have that yeah you don't have to look you don't have to look you don't have to look, don't have to look it up don't worry about it anyway go ahead uh, Okada in 2017, obviously of New Japan. I, I mean, come on, that was the easiest yeah. <laughs> decision of. Uh, Omega was uh, 2018 New Japan, right? Uh, 2019, you have Chris Jericho for uh, New Japan for Wrestling in AEW. Uh, right, 2020, right. John Moxley AEW. 2021, Kenny Omega. And, and hold on, hold on. So Jericho 2019 getting AEW off the ground, right. the company built around him. 2020 was the pandemic year and Moxley carrying AEW on his back as the champion in the pandemic year. What was 2021? Uh, Kenny Omega, AEW Impact. Right, right. Again, and and look, that's when Kenny Omega set all those Impact records for pay-per-view and AEW business was on the climb and everything. So again, and the great matches combination. Go ahead. And then 2022, John Moxley last year. Okay, so... Mostly, I would say, with the exception of maybe one or two of those, it's a pretty fair combination of business and work. There's no shitty workers in there. There really isn't. And I can go back throughout the entire history of this award, and I don't necessarily need to, but uh, I can go a few more years after Tanahashi. I'll just name names here. 2010, John Cena. 2018, 2009, or 2008, 2009, Chris Jericho. 2007, John Cena. 2006, Mystico. 2005, 2004, 2003, Kenta Kobashi. 2002, right, right. Kurt Angle. Yeah. 2001, yeah. Keiji Muto. 2000, Triple H. 1999, Masawa. We're, I mean, yeah, there's not bad. So it's like <laughs> these are all. And I and I don't hear workers. many bad choice. I don't hear many bad choices. In no, there either. When you think a lot of times when you're saying these years, these are the re- the wrestlers that won it are popping up in my head. Like, oh, that's Mystico's year. All right, so 2006 yeah. is Mystico's year, no doubt about it. Triple H, you know, 2000, in, yeah, uh, perfect, yeah. It's like these are these are right. These are correct. You know what I mean? It's like these are these people's years. So it's like Roman, if he wins it, will have the lousiest in-ring year of, of like anyone to win this, right? Out of Pretty anyone who's named, you got Harley Race, Ric Flair, Ricky Choshu, Akira Maeda, Ric Flair, Jumbo Saruta, Ric Flair, Vader, Kawada, Masawa, Kobashi, Masawa, Austin, Masawa, Triple H, Mudo, Angle, Kobashi, and then Mystico, the one, and then, the and then all the ones that I mentioned before. So, so the thing about people will raise their eyebrows at Muto late, but the, he had a great year that year. Two thousand and one. No, he was fucking great that year. He had that weird resurgent year after we the first time we thought he had no more knees, and there's there isn't a winner in there that didn't have a. This would if Roman wins after here, he will have the worst in ring year mm-hmm. of anyone to ever win that award. Okay, there's no doubt about it. So what are you staking this on WWE's growth this year and their big financial year? And then that's why I say the guy disappears for three months and nothing changes. They're doing the same ratings that they were doing when he was there. So just how important is he? He comes back in October. This Kansas city house show was struggling. Sold like it had like four 3,800 or 4,000 tickets sold. When the last time they were there, they did over 9,000. They did like 9,800 or something. So what do they do? Well, Roman's back. Let's put Roman on the show, right? They put Roman on the show. And the and the following week, they sold a grand total of 300 additional tickets, <laughs> which was the same pace 
that the tickets were being sold before they added Roman. And by the time Showtime came, I think the show did what 45, uh, 5,600 that Kansas City House show. Last time in the town, last time in that same building in March, 9,800. Somewhere in that neighborhood. It was definitely over 9,000 and under 10,000. If anyone wants to fact check me, I'm going to call it, let's call it 95. So it's like, now you're seeing holes in this guy's alleged amazing drawing record this year, which we talked about on the Hall of Fame show. A spirited debate between UI and and uh, and Todd Martin, which people are giving that show rave reviews. The Hall of Fame audio this year is getting incredible reviews. It's a shame that more people won't listen to it, but I'm imploring anyone who's listening to this to plunk down the five bucks. You're going to get your money's worth on those Hall of Fame shows. They were incredible. Rich, I finished every one of those Hall of Fame shows and put down my fucking microphone and went, Whew, that was fucking great audio. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every single every one single of them. Every single time. Yeah, I did the same. Every single one of them. Roy Lucier, with his just infectious love of Lucha Libre and talking about the candidates and all of the great stories he told because he knows so many of these guys, right? And, and all of his great history trading tapes. Case Lowe, who made those incredible cases for Shima and Shingo Takagi with unmatched knowledge of the Dragon Gate system when we had him on the Japan show and all of the fun banter that we had on that one. The Todd Martin show that we just did, you know, where, with the great Roman Reigns debate, a great civil pro wrestling right, an debate. actual Imagine kind of debate that. where two people that didn't agree necessarily, you know, didn't meet, didn't say, ah, uh, you know, uh, didn't, didn't resort to jabs and didn't hide their thoughts, just got down and explain their end of the argument. That's good. Where, where you you debate someone and you take some of their points and you're like, oh, that's a good point. And both people learn from the other. And even if they don't change their mind, they kind of see things the other, you know, that show was an incredible show. Ethan Tyler with the rest of the world category. I learned more doing that show than I ever learned ever. That's the doing most I a, learned doing a show ever. Yeah. I mean, that guy was a fucking encyclopedia of those candidates. And it's, and let me tell you something from experience it is very hard to find someone to do a show on that category and he was incredible incredible show semper vivi how great was semp oh the best Se- let me tell you so- i'm gonna tell you something about semp okay this needs to be said and it's not because he put us over effusively at the end of the show either i i need to say it doesn't something hurt that doesn't that certainly doesn't hurt but it's not because no, of that it. helps a lot listen the check cleared i say something about mike semper vivi there's Dave Meltzer who might know more about pro wrestling than anyone knows about any other topic on, on this planet. We all know that his historical knowledge and all those things. There's Chris Zellner. I, Rich, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've had a question. I've gone to Chris Zellner He's and he not it. only answers me, he answers me within like five minutes and he knows the answer to whatever I'm asking. Or he, he does. Whenever I ask him, he'll then link to the match or link to the file yeah. or link to a news article about it or whatever. And I'm like, damn, all right, thank you. You know, you think you know a lot about wrestling until you try to, you know, and then you realize, oh, well, then Chris Zellner exists, right? And there's Semp. He doesn't get enough credit for being in that category. I agree. With with Dave and Zellner and, and, and Mike Tanay, whoever you want to talk about. You know, you listen to that non-wrestler show with Semper Vivi. And, I, and let me tell you, and I'm going to say something else too. Not that there's anything wrong with this. I guarantee you he had no notes. Not a single note. Oh, yeah. No. Semp, what do you All got upstairs. on uh, What do you got on the Grand Wizard? Boom. 
eight minutes of monologue on the fucking career of the Grand Wizard right off the dome. Off the fucking dome. And he did it for everybody. Right? And it's like, the shows were so great. Am I missing any? I, that's all the shows, right? That's... Oh, Me- uh, Mexico. Yeah, that's Mexico. Yeah, yeah, you got them all. Yeah, you got them all. Uh, no, no uh, loss from PWL. Oh, of course, yeah, historical dog. show. Jeez, yeah, another insane uh, knowledge of, of, of pro wrestling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, you know, and and and, uh, and what he brought to the table. I mean, the shows were so fucking great, and it's like, you know, and 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 when we did the rest of the world show with Ethan. I would set them up for the candidates and for the ones that I, that I felt like I was knowledgeable on. I felt, you know, I, I would set them up and then, and, you know, peacock a little, put my chest out, you know? And then when he'd start talking about the candidate, I realized I know fucking nothing about this candidate. And I thought that I was setting him up with, with all this great knowledge that I had. And, and it turns out, you know, nothing. And that's kind of how you feel sometimes when Semp talks about somebody, you learn those shows are so great. I mean, if, if you're interested in wrestling history. I mean, I, I really think we did five or six or however many it was of just some of the best audio we've ever done. I mean, I, I can't recommend them hard enough. And it's not just us because everyone who has listened has said those shows are so great, but I got off on that because we had that Roman Reigns debate with Todd. And I really feel like even from it, it's weird to say, because on the surface, it looks like Roman Reigns has had this incredible year from a business standpoint, but the more you peel back the layers, the more you find that, hold on a second. It's just, it's, it's not that he's insignificant, but he's part of this machine and it's so hard to assess this. And I'm not even convinced, you know, it's almost like, I I feel like Will's work. If you look at Will at Will's work, Will's drawing ability, Roman's work and Roman's drawing ability this year. If you had to rank those four things, Will's work is number one, and it's not even close. Oh, exactly. In a, in a landslide, you know, multiple multitude, multitudes better than than all those other aspects of of, of both guys. Number two, I guess you go with Roman's drawing ability. Sure, sure, yeah. I, I by the I I, I think it's, it's hard, loose, but sure. I, I, number two, I, Look, I it, the company it, was red hot until WrestleMania. We know that. Yeah, they sold forty thousand tickets or whatever it was to SummerSlam. On uh, fifty one thousand tickets, or that was in the building. I don't know how many. So they did a shit ton of tickets for SummerSlam for Roman and Jey Uso. It doesn't matter exactly how many. Look, you got to get. Let's go Roman's drawing second. But from there, I'll take Will's drawing power this year over Roman's work. A hundred percent, absolutely. By an enormous gap, the guy main evented the Copper Box twice. He just main evented this show we're going to talk about in New Japan this week. You know, and he he was the most over person at Wembley for AEW. He's an attraction everywhere he goes. I you know he's not a contender for best box office or anything, but you know you'd have to rank that ahead of Roman's. Roman's work is by far absolutely the worst of of those four aspects. The worst no of those four attributes, and Will's work is by far number one. You know, in, in an exercise like that. So, you know, this would be a, a fraudulent, fraudulent wrestler of the year case. And, you know, it, it it's funny because because there's sort of a dearth of other contenders, because you don't have that other contender who was a big time draw. Right. M- Mystico would be the one. only other one that, that a lot of people bring up right now. Is who? Uh, Mystico. Right. He'd be the only one you could even make case for. And the only problem with that 
is even some of the Lucha fans are dubious of it because they think it's the tourists. Right. So even the people who would be his biggest supporters, a portion of them may not vote for him because they think it's it's the tourism more than anything else. And then it's his charisma that's so overwhelming that gets over with everyone. It makes it look like they all came to see him. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I buy it. But there's a lot of Lucha experts who are a lot smarter than me with Lucha who do believe that. Yeah, or, or people that live in the area, too. I, I trust those people, yeah. too. People that live in Mexico City and go, hey, who look. Go and to I, the and, fucking shows. And I'll say that. I know for a fact that I, I know four or five people this year that have traveled to Mexico that I know know nothing about wrestling. I, I, I know them from completely different avenues in my life that went to Arena Mexico for a show. And I was like, what? What are you? I didn't know you were a wrestling fan. They're like, I wasn't. I just, you know, we were told that we had to go. Like, it's in pamphlets and shit. It's just, it, the hotels recommend it. Like, it's a thing to do there. It, it, it's, it's, it, it, so, you know. Which, it, by the way, that's great promotion. Yes. You're getting those people in the building and you're selling those tickets and the place is filled. I don't have any problem with it. And that. I'll tell you, every single one of them was a woman, and every single one of them was wearing a, a mask and looked like they were having a hell of a time. You know what I mean? Like, not your typical pro wrestling fan. It's not like they're getting a, a guy that's like, oh, yeah, you know, it, I'm telling you, these people that I know know nothing about wrestling, and there they are taking photos, wearing masks, having a hell of a time, jumping up and down, loving all the action. So it's like, all right, good. That's, that's a way to do it, man. That's they're, they're doing something right there. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and they do not sit on their hands. But that's the problem. You don't have a lot of other contenders who have a, a strong business case. All of your under can. And, and, and the other thing is Roman has never won this award. Roman hardly ever. I mean, he does so poorly in these awards. Historically, he won tag team of the year once with Moxley. Oh no, no with Rollins. And outside of that, he has barely ever placed top 10 in anything. I look it up. For a guy pushed that hard in the biggest company, do you know how hard that is? Right. <laughs> do you know how hard that is to be the top pushed guy in this company since 2015 and have like whatever it is, two or three top 10 finishes in these various awards? Well, And the worms kind of turned with the a lot important. of hardcore fans as, as well. If you go to the Observer board now and the people that would be voting for this and Wrestling Observer subscribers and Dave himself and Brian himself and the people that write for the site and the people that do podcasts for the site – you know, it, it it was fashionable to, you know, like the rest of us, kind of look at Roman, you know, in, in 2015 or whatever and, and, and say this guy's failing, this guy's a, a disaster. That worm's turn, man. Th- this year, I, I, th- we're the minority now. There's there's not a whole lot of us left that are yeah, like, no, I don't know if this guy's quite like the best thing in the world. Like, I don't know. There's some stuff that, I, like, it, that we're the, the minority The presentation now. and the aura are right. very strong yeah and that's really gone a long way and i'm not even saying those things shouldn't matter because no they no should. no no and they, they finally got no. it right with roman and we talked about they that did. in the todd show they find yeah. credit to them they finally got it right after five six years of just not understanding what this guy was capable of him not understanding his role fans not understanding what was going on this complete disconnect between the fans him and and the company they finally all got in lockstep all at the right time I'm going to have a major problem if this guy wins this award with 11 matches. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm, I, this is my campaign. I guess I'm going to have to do it every week until the end of the year. Well, I'm not going to do it anymore because he's gone. He's leaving. Uh, Will will continue to add to his case, most likely with a few other matches here and there. But uh, yeah. And in my view, three of the matches have been good. Because if you don't like those tag matches... He's had three good, three of them are good. Yeah, I'm sure that. Oh, I'm sure those house show matches were real uh, barn burners, though, Joe. We didn't see those, so. Well, the Kansas City one didn't draw. I can promise you that. <laughs> now, to be fair, the the Toronto one with Sammy did. You know, I'm looking that up. That did seven thousand. I thought it did over ten. 
What what is this idea that this guy is, is all of a sudden? <laughs> hey, Len. Stop yelling at me. I agree. I'm with you. I mean, man. I know it was a huge. He gate, sells, though. yeah, SummerSlam and Mania and stuff. But I mean, I think you just buy tickets to go to WrestleMania and SummerSlam, man. I don't man, know. I cl- I clicked that Toronto show expecting like thirteen thousand. It did seven thousand one hundred and seventy seven fans. I mean, if you would listen to some of these people, you would think Roman Reigns is like peak The Rock with with with, with this draw. Remember that year, The Rock. Every house show he worked did like 10,000 fans. It was <laughs> Every utterly house show ridiculous. Had like 14 to 15,000 yeah. people in it. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone the TV uh, house shows. I'm not even talking to TV. Like, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. That's Sammy match in, in March. It did 7,000 fans. I mean, I'm, I, that's not. <sighs> Man, let me see if there's attendance on these others. All right. The Rey Mysterio match in Cincinnati. Remember that one? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sixty-two ninety-one, <laughs> and then uh, let's see, Mysterio in Mexico City. All right, fifteen-five. It's big time house. Can't knock that one. You think they were paying for Ray or Roman? I was going to say he's made of anything against Ray Mysterio, so that might that probably helps a little bit. But but you know. listen, let, let let's not let like all right, it's fine. We'll give him credit for that one. And then the Sammy match was the other one that we just talked oh, about. Oh, the Kansas, Kansas City? City? Yeah, that's like, totally, what, 6,000? Total, total, yeah, 5,600. 5,600. He added right. nothing. That would have done 5,600 without him. It was on the same pace. Maybe a little less. Maybe a little less. Maybe a little less. Uh, I was, I would, according to WrestleTix, they did a hard promotional push the last week to get it up to 5,600. So they may have done right around the same number with or without Roman. Right. Man, I didn't even look at these house shows. This guy's, I'm, I'm telling you, Rich, the more you peel back the layers on this guy, it's fraudulent. It's not what it appears to be. And, and I'll give him credit for the first four months of the year. Sure. Yeah, but I, I mean, the big the big time shows are all like the Rumble, WrestleMania, and SummerSlam. I, you know, if you want to give a guy, give, one listen. guy credit for selling tickets to the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania and I SummerSlam, you. knock yourself out. But those tickets are usually sold. Look, and I'm even willing to give credit for SummerSlam because I do feel like Roman that one moved. versus that Jay one moved. that one moved for sure. Was a big match coming in. I, look, I'm sorry. There ain't a single WrestleMania this guy worked that would have sold a, a statistically significant amount of less tickets if he wasn't on it. Right. By the way, Montreal we, we know. Elimination Chamber, that, that sold well, 14,000, but guess who was in the main event? Sami Zayn from Montreal. Right. You know what I mean, like, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, and, you I, know, I don't like this new thing of discrediting Sami's role in the bloodline getting I'm with hot. You. I, I, I really hate that new thing that people are doing. I, I don't agree with that at all. You know, I, and I'm not saying, you know, his interplay with the Usos had a lot to do with that with that storyline heating up to begin with. And anyone who thinks that Cody wasn't hot on his own coming into WrestleMania can get lost and not find their way back. That's a bunch of fucking That guy bullshit. was molten hot from molten coming hot back from injury, year. coming back from injury, winning the Royal Rumble. He was on fucking fire from that point forward. So, again, you know, I know what people will say. 
We're the WWE haters. Guilty as charged. Uh, we're the AEW haters. We're the WWE haters. We're the New Japan haters. We hate it all. And we really are the WWE. I, guilty as charged. I hate this fucking call. I'm not going to. I don't have to be fair. Played it at the that's intro. The most, <laughs> played it on the intro. That's the yeah. most overrated thing in the world. I'm allowed to be. I don't like the company. You know why? It, it fucking stinks. That's why I don't like the company. Okay. But I can be fair about shit like this and always have been. And when you peel back the layers on Roman's case here for wrestler of the year and hall of fame for that matter, here's another thing. And I, I, I wanted to make this point with Todd. I'll make it now. Let's say you give Roman more credit for the last year than I'm willing to give him. Okay. Todd's argument side of that argument. Why is that a hall of fame case anyway? One year. That's not enough. You know how many, you know how many people I can name that have one big year that aren't in the Hall of Fame? Junkyard Dog is so scratching like, and clawing to get in that thing. It might fall off, you know, in a couple of years. That, that guy. So even from that standpoint, right. why? What? Even if I extend it to a year, which is generous, by the way, even if I extend it from October of 2022 to today, I'll give him a year. Even if I grant you that it was that it was all Roman, all hail Roman, acknowledge him. That's one fucking year. Shouldn't we wait this out and see if it sustains as far as the Hall of Fame goes? Everyone is just ready to fucking crown the guy. So it's a lifetime achievement award. It feels like a lifetime achievement award in a lot of ways. Both of them do. The Hall of Fame and the Wrestler of the Year. Right. And it's not how it works. Not in my mind, at least. Oof, Maron. Unbelievable. Look at that. Anyway, that's... uh, you got any more thoughts on the Blood Money Show? I don't. No other thoughts on the Blood Money Show. No. All right. Can we just convert to Power Struggle here? Let's do that. Oh no, yeah. we met, no 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 no. We got to do the the NXT. Oh CW. yeah 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 yeah. Let's talk about NXT and, and and the NWA because they are in lockstep here. So uh, NXT is moving to the CW. I wrote an article uh, behind the paywall over at flagshippatreon.com a little bit about this. Uh, we have a little bit more details. Uh, I wrote Air Emmanuel. <laughs> like it's its own line of, of shoes. I believe I meant Ariel Emmanuel. I wrote Air Emmanuel on the uh, uh, the topics sheet here, but uh, said that the new deal is a 70% increase over NXT's previous deal and will begin October 1st, 2024. Now, just a quick little note about this. If you're wondering why we're getting less details about the actual numbers of stuff and the actual figures and stuff is because it's the new company and they don't really need to give us all the numbers that they were giving us before you know what i mean like that that those days are probably the it, like i you know are what you I mean? referring like hold on are you referring to tko a little bit here's what'll happen they're still publicly traded though so when those will yeah, happen we, is we'll get those things eventually when that when the documents eventually get, get moving when up, the yeah. paint when the first payment comes in the smart people like brandon thurston and dave Meltzer will look at that line on the on the on the PL and be able to and they'll know what the money deals are for the other shows and then you'll be able to figure out what they're you know th- those guys generally can figure that out and get right. it close is the point. But yeah the, the the days of it being very, very, very easy to figure out what these things were for for WWE or whatever is going to be a little tougher with you know Endeavor obviously moving the way that they are, TKO still being public, but it, it, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with, with, with there. But regardless uh, Emmanuel said 70% increase over NXT's previous deal will begin October 1st, 2024. Uh, the move takes NXT off of US- USA and to the CW. And uh, I've seen a lot of interesting takes about this deal where, where some people, I think, I, I think there's a lot of people that aren't quite, sh- you know, don't have as much knowledge about the sports TV landscape as maybe you and I do and just think of it from a wrestling standpoint. And from a wrestling standpoint, 
it definitely feels like a downgrade going from USA to the CW feels like a downgrade. The CW, who cares about the CW, who knows what the CW is? It, it doesn't have, you know, the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, recognition, the brand recognition that USA does to wrestling fans. But what I would counter with, and as I countered with in the article that I wrote, the CW is, and, and, and you know, I should preface this, I don't know if this is going to work. This could be a monumental failure. But if you follow what the CW has been doing over the last couple of years, this is not the same CW that you might remember from a couple of years ago that was showing Arrow and, you know, these, these random ass, you know, superhero movies and Superman and Lois and these random TV shows and all this sort of stuff like Riverdale and all this stuff. That, that was the old CW. The old CW was we want, you know, uh, episodic drama shows potentially focused on comic book type stuff. That was the old CW. The CW before that was Seventh Heaven and 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 uh, God, what was the name of that one? Fucking, I wrote about it in the article, and I don't even remember what the hell the name of it. They, they were all One these, Tree Hill. One Tree Hill. Like that was that. exactly the one I was trying to think of. Those kind of teenage-ish, like you know, the dramatized uh, 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 fiction shows. Like that's kind of what that CW was that era before that. The CW now. They've had a bunch of new leadership. There's a new company that owns them. Uh, Nexstar is the company that owns them now. It used to be a conglomerate of a few other networks. Now it's Nexstar that owns them. And pretty much from last year to this year, what they have done is little by little gobble up uh, sports properties. It started off with they gobbled up ACC basketball and football. So now they're the home to you know select ACC football and basketball games. Then not that long after, they signed a gigantic deal to cover uh, to, to carry. Uh, NASCAR's Xfinity Series, which is essentially the NXT of NASCAR. It's the secondary, you know, the minor league of NASCAR. That is all going to be on the CW. And that was a big money deal for a lot of years as well. Little by little, they picked up some other things as well. They have the, the you know, inside the NFL, a studio show that is now airing on the CW. They've done some sports documentaries along the way. They did one about uh, the lead up to the Indianapolis 500 called 100 Days to Indy. So they had that. They're going all in on sports properties. So NXT is a Pretty good fit. If the NXT is in the marketplace and they're available and you can pay for them, that's a pretty good fit. It kind of fits as well with the NASCAR Xfinity thing. Like you're looking at the minor league of WWE. Now you're looking at the minor league of NASCAR. That stuff all kind of works. But more than anything, I, I saw a lot of people kind of downplaying this and going like, oh, my God, the CW, nobody cares about that. Well, that's kind of the idea of what the CW is doing. They don't want people. They want people to start caring about the CW. And that is a big reason why you pay the money and pony up the money for NXT and for ACC football and basketball and for the Xfinity series and NASCAR and for a few other sports properties here and there. That's what they're going after. They're going after that live sports thing. Pretty much the only thing left that makes any money or gets any sort of consistent viewership on, uh, on television. So I don't know if it's going to be successful. I don't know if it's going to be a good thing, but I think a lot of people poo pooing the CW are just missing from the forest and the trees of what CW is trying to do right now, which is grow their network and, and get more people aware of it. Uh, and and will it help or hurt NXT? I don't know. But I just think you, you shouldn't dismiss it offhand of like, oh, my God, the CW, who even knows what that network is anymore? That's well, kind of the point. The thing about it is this. More people watch USA Network than watch CW. Uh, the most recent data that I have is the week of November. Is this week, the week of uh, uh, November 8th. Uh, USA Network was 14th, average 606,000 viewers. Uh, CW was 27th. <clears throat> They're usually a, a, a little bit higher. But they were 27th this week, they averaged 369,000 viewers. Here's the difference, though. And this the, the key is this. USA Network is in what eighty five million homes or something like that. Somewhere around it's, there, it's yeah. some yeah. 
CW, for people who don't understand this, is in 100% of U.S. television homes because it's an over-the-air network. If you have a TV (laughs) in the United States, you have access to the CW, regardless if you got a fucking antenna or you got whatever cable package you got. It's available in 100%. That is why it theoretically is a step up on top of the 70% raise that they got. Let's not leave that out of this. According to Ari Emanuel anyway. So, and that's why we talked a few weeks ago of why the CW was such an enormous move for the NWA and instantly vaulted them probably realistically to the number three position in the United States. But (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. One one thing I did want to say about NXT, though, as well is, you know, I wrote it in my piece. This was a company that was just or NXT, this brand, I should say, dead in the fucking water a couple years ago. So dead. They had to change nights. So dead. They had to take it away from Paul's hands. So dead. They had to fire half the roster. So dead that they changed all the colors, changed everything threw up a bunch of green workers and said, fuck it, this is what it has to be now because, you know, whatever we were doing before is not working and we have to change things. And little by little, built things up from the ground floor, built people up a little bit more. I still think this TV show sucks. Integrated some main roster people, and we all we all knew it at the time. We all, any, any smart wrestling fan saw Seth and Becky and Ronda and Dom and all these people showing up on the show and going, these guys are trying to, Get this thing ready to go for a TV deal. They're trying to get these numbers up and get enough people watching the show that they're going to be able to get a better TV deal. And, hey, I don't want to hand it to them. <laughs> I don't want to credit NXT because I think it fucking sucks, but you got it to hand it to them and you got to credit to them. They, they, they took something that was dead in the water a couple years ago and got a 70% increase on it, moved it to broadcast television uh, on the CW, and, and are maintaining the viewership as well. That's the other thing. This week, Joe, did you see that little chart from WrestleNomics? See that little graph, the 18 to 49? I uh, yeah, I did. I think NXT beat uh AEW in the 1849 demo. Am I wrong? Oh no, 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 no. Hold on. Hmm? No, I don't think that's true. Hold on. Let hmm? me pull it up. Um you might be right. Hold on. Uh... Let me see. AEW did a point two seven. What did uh what'd they do? Let me see. What did uh um, I thought they beat them this week, NXT. but maybe they didn't. Well, hold on, hold on, I got it right here. All right. So um AW did 804 and a 0.27. NXT did a 0.26 and 794,000. Okay, so they they live to fight Dead another heat. day at least. Yes. Dead heat. That I mean that's margin of error. You're talking about 10,000 total viewers. That's absolutely within the margin of error. Okay, NXT did 347,000 viewers in the 18 to 49. And AEW did three hundred and fifty-three thousand. Again, margin of error. Right. They were so they were doubling them earlier this year. Heat. They were doubling them earlier this year in the demo. That's all I have to say about that. You yeah, that's I mean? like, heat. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't want to credit them. I don't want to give it to them. But but you do have NXT did get themselves back to this point. And 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 you know last week there wasn't or this this week's show there wasn't Becky on there there wasn't a ton of I think Zia Lee and, and somebody else was on the main roster so that was a full on NXT show that drew that number you know what I mean there, no no so so it's like shit they 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 rebuilt that thing 
and, and got those things back. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I don't know if then they're going to now just say, okay, we got the TV deal, so fuck it, or they're going to keep going. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, NXT, you know, from where they were a couple years ago, with a complete laughing stock of the wrestling world uh, to where they are now, you got to credit the company. So what does this mean for the NWA? Well, well, <laughs> well. So as we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, the NWA getting this deal with the CW vaulted them up. We had a conversation. Hey, is the NWA the, the third biggest promotion in America? Is it the fourth biggest? Really tried to uh, figure that three. out. Had to be three. Yeah, had, had to be three. three, right? They're on the CW. They're on broadcast television. They're on pay-per-view, all this sort of stuff. Uh, well, according to House of Wrestling, we also talked about this last week. We talked about the, the yeah, yeah. Sam Hine or whatever the fuck show was. What, what was how, how did you actually pronounce this thing? Sawin. 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 You went Sawin with uh, Christopher Walken. I think it's Sawin. But uh, anyway, so we reviewed that show last week. But uh, apparently, according to House of Wrestling, the CW were, quote, very upset over the feedback they received about the Father James Mitchell cocaine segment <laughs> from NWA's Sawin pay-per-view. So I guess we have to get people up to speed if you don't know what we're talking about. If you're wondering, okay, you're going to have to explain to me Father James Mitchell's cocaine segment. Uh, during the show, uh, Father James Mitchell and a few of his, his pals were uh, snorting some coke. Fake? Real? I don't know. It's up for you to decide. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> for what reason or what p- benefit or purpose nothing really they just decided it'd be a funny thing to do uh to have james mitchell uh and his buddies uh snort some coke so the cw uh, apparently according to house of wrestling said that they uh you know got a lot of feedback on social media that they were not very happy about uh then there was a quote active push to move nwa content from their app or from their television to their app so uh, essentially we don't want to really, yeah, we'll, we'll sign that. We'll still do the deal or whatever, but we're not putting you guys on television. We'll put you on our app or whatever. Now, on an episode of Wrestling Observer Radio this week, Dave Meltzer claimed that Billy Corrigan emailed him and said that there are no issues between the NWA and the CW, yet now we have NXT signing with the CW and no clarification one way or another about the NWA moving to the CW. So, Joe, what is going on with the NWA and CW? First of all, it should be noted that the CW has never put out a press release announcing that they had signed any kind of deal with the NW. Right. They have done that in in multitudes with the NXT deal. That was on Hollywood Reporter, on Deadline. Wrestling sites got it. News sites got it. Everybody got it. The CW going. Variety got it. All these sites got it. New York Post all have USA signing with the CW. So when I broke the news that the NWA had a deal with the CW to air the reality show. Um, I could tell you that the source, I mean, you know, the source It doesn't get any, you know, I couldn't have been more confident reporting that news based on who the source was. Let's just put right. it that way. Okay. Um, it's the person who absolutely would know whether the NWA has a, uh, had a, had a deal with the CW or not. But again, the CW never announced it. Now, when Nick Hausman reported it many months later, I don't know where he got the information that the NWA had a deal with the CW. He didn't reveal his source in his reporting. And he had the additional information that it was actually not just the reality show, but also a second show, which we would all assume was power, right? Now, according to Hausman, that's off. And there's talk of putting it on their streaming service instead, maybe because there is something signed and they're locked in and they have to air this thing. So they can't get completely out of it, or maybe because WWE came along and they have exclusivity wherever they are, 
and it necessitates putting the NWA show on the streaming service instead or on the website or whatever the case may be, who knows? Um, PW Insider reported that they don't think there was ever a deal between the CW and the NWA. Mike Johnson was saying he never got confirmation from CW that there was any kind of deal with the NWA. And he never got confirmation from the NWA that there was any deal with, with between the CW and the NWA. Davis saying he did get an email from Billy Corgan, which w- would be conflicting information saying that there aren't any issues between the NWA and CW. Was it a streaming deal all along? Well, Corgan didn't make it sound like that. Certainly didn't at any point, he, you know, and, and Hausman didn't report that it was a streaming deal initially. Um, we weren't told that it was a streaming deal initially. Right. Hausman's so, reporting is that they, they were going to take it off of TV and put it on the app, which would indicate that at one point it was earmarked for TV. Right. 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 Exactly. So now we know WWE likes to have exclusivity here. Now, and let me make this point again. We made this point when we talked about this originally, but I feel like I have to make it again because I don't feel like people understand this. And I'm not picking on Nick Hausman specifically because I'm sure he's not the only one who doesn't understand this. He had also mentioned in his latest article that, wow, Women of Wrestling also airs on the CW. And his point was maybe the CW is trying to get as much wrestling content as they can. I have to clarify this again. The CW network does not air women of wrestling. Women of wrestling airs on select CW affiliates across the country. That's different. It's a totally different thing. That is, let's say your local CW is channel 11 on your dial or whatever the fuck with whatever call letters it has. They air their own programming all day and all night with the exception of prime time which is when CW network programming takes over. Those are two different things. So when wow airs at two o'clock in the morning on your local CW, that has nothing to do with any exclusivity deals that the CW network cuts with WWE or anybody else. Am I making sense? Rich Craig? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But if you go to the so, CW website, it, it probably is confusing for people that maybe aren't aware of it. Cause you go to the CW website and you look at sports or whatever. And wow is listed under there. So people might think, that it's all the same thing or whatever, but but like what you're saying it makes sense if people do not know what the structure of uh, of U.S. television. See, Wow is not airing in prime time on the CW network. That is not happening. It's airing on some of their local affiliates, and 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 Wow is on the local affiliates of some of the other networks as well. And, and it depends what market you live in. Okay, so um, and it was the same thing back when in the ROH Sinclair days, there were. I'm almost positive after SmackDown moved to Fox that there were still Fox affiliates in, in around the country who were airing Sinclair ROH on the off hours when it wasn't the network programming that was airing on those Fox affiliates. So, you know, again, that's another situation where the exclusivity doesn't really come into play, but, um, but yeah, now we see, you know, and then there was a, there was a number going around and it was an eight figure deal that the NWA had with the CW or has with the CW, but that doesn't really mean anything unless we know the, the, the number of years, right? So it could be a five year. We don't know the terms. If it's a five year, $10 million deal, that's an eight figure deal, but it's only $2 million a year, which is still game changing money for the NWA. Don't make no mistake. 
if the NWA is getting $2 million a year from the CW, that sounds small, like small potatoes when you compare it to some of these other media rights deals. That is enormous money for the NWA. That is an influx of, of massive cash for the level of business that they do. They just did 200 buys for a pay-per-view and had another 500 people in the building. $2 million a year would be enormous. And that's just me throwing a number out because we heard this, you know, this, this eight figure deal that they allegedly had. And I saw some people shitting on that. Like, Oh, well that's nothing. No, that's huge. That's game changing for the NW. You have to stop comparing these deals to WWE. Right, right, right. Yeah. You're looking at the NFL, the NBA and WWE and these sort of things going, Oh, that's nothing. Well, no, for for the NWA, that's something. Yeah. For if ring of honor got that deal, that'd be something for ring of honor. You know what I mean? Like that, that sort of stuff is is, there's levels to this thing. They're, they're not going to get a, a $150 million, you know, deal. Like, like some of these other things are money is money for airing your television show right now. Now they're getting nothing. So it's like, yeah, anything's a, a, a plus. Gerard DeTrolio, no relation to Finn, points out that Dave also brought up that the UFC did not push for exclusivity for MMA with ESPN. So it's possible that TKO, again, these are things that are going to change with TKO. Right. Maybe they, don't, they, they don't, not care as much. Well, and maybe I was, they're not concerned with exclusivity. And I was talking with people on our Discord about this too. If you are WWE right now and you're TKO, Endeavor, all these sort of companies, it behooves you to have the NWA on the CW, because right now you're in the midst of numerous antitrust, anti-competitive lawsuits, one with the fighters and, you know, fighter salaries and that sort of stuff with, with Endeavor. And then, you know, the MLW lawsuit, it would behoove WWE to say, Oh, well, NWA is on the same network that we have. So of course, no, I mean, look, they, they can compete just like we can compete. They're getting a big money deal, just like we're getting a big money deal or whatever. So there, there's right. honestly, it would be a benefit to them for the NWA to be on this network. So I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, did uh, WWE sabotage the NWA? And, and I don't know. That's kind of the shit that the old WWE would do. I don't know if the new WWE is going to do that. The new TKO is going to do that. But, but I really do think it would be a benefit to them to have some low level because the NWA is not real competition. No, no one is going to watch the NWA and go, ah, you know, I don't need WWE anymore. I have this now. Like, let's be honest. It's, it's all, you know, there's a very small percentage of people that would, that would do that. And they're probably already listening to this show. Or yeah, it's but you the and me. thing is, Old school WWE absolutely would stomp them out. Oh, 100%. Old school WWE would, would would say that there was a cocaine spot and make sure that it didn't happen or fuck the NWO or over. Just, or, or just demand exclusivity. Right. Just say, well, you got to get out of that deal because we, you know, if you want us, you got to get rid of them. And, and and that's what, you know, Vince would do. That's what the old WWE and, and would what, do. What, well, here's your, here's your proof. That's what they did to MLW. Right. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That's exactly what they did to MLW. They said, you want to, we're in business with you now, get rid of them. And they immediately got rid of MLW and that's why they're in court now. So, um, you know, so maybe with TKO, there is this idea that they're not really concerned with that shit, with that kind of petty bullshit. And they're just worried about, ah, fuck it. We're getting our 70% raise. The NWA is never going to be any kind of threat to us. Why would we concern ourselves with this kind of petty nonsense? And maybe that is the new mindset. So, um, you know, I don't know, but, uh, look, is Corgan playing games here? That's really what this comes down to. Was there ever a deal with the CW? The CW, to my knowledge, has not communicated to anyone that there was ever a deal. Not Dave Meltzer. Not uh, Mike Johnson. Uh, I don't believe Hausman. I'd have to go back and read his two reports, but I don't think he has confirmation from the CW side that there was ever a deal. I don't believe so. And I could tell you, that I spent all week calling and emailing every single contact with the CW and none of them got back to me. Not a single one. 
their PR people, their media relations people, their sports director. I I just carpet bombed the entire fucking company with emails and phone calls and left messages, said what it was about concerning the NWA. Not a single one of them even bothered to get back to me. So I tried and I'm sure all of these other people are trying and they're not getting anywhere. So basically I can tell you the CW is not discussing the NWA with anyone. Right. Whereas with the NXT deal, they shot it out to the world immediately (laughs) to everybody. So that's exactly my point. So what I should do this week is send out to those same people inquiries about NXT and see how they handle it. Right. That would be the test case. Um, when, and actually I might actually do that, but, um, you know, so look, if, if the, if the NWA loses this and working off of the premise that it really was an eight figure deal of any length, the length doesn't matter to me. If they're getting at minimum $10 million in a media rights deal for the national wrestling Alliance with 212 buys of their latest pay-per-view, that's a win. That's a big win. If you can't call that a win then you're fucking lost. I mean, I don't care if it's a 10 year (laughs) deal and they're getting a million a year. That's a fucking enormous win for bit. Joe, if I'd this be guy's very getting... happy if somebody said, hi, guys, I'd like to sponsor you guys for $10 million. Uh, I'd be happy with that, right? Would you? I, think I don't I even would... care how many years. <laughs> right. As a 50-year deal, let's do it. Yeah, Give me 10 sounds million. good to me. So, right. um, no, but no, seriously, you know, if it's a five-year deal for, for $10 million and they were and, and they're getting an influx of $2 million a year, I mean, fuck, that puts you in the game for fucking free agents. Yeah. You can offer someone a million dollars a year, and that's only half that money you're getting in your media rights deal. And if you could throw around a million, you can, it at least puts you in the game of chasing big time free agents, even at that level. You know, at this point, you're not going to get, you know, the tippy, you're not getting, um, you know, whoever's, you're not getting Becky Lynch for a million dollars a year. You're not getting Will Ospreay for a million dollars a year, but can you get that next level of, of big time free? Can you at least be in the conversation and not be embarrassed to call up their agents? You know, so that would have been a game changing deal for them, even if it only was 10 million over however many years. And if it's gone, I mean, and it really is because of that stupid cocaine spot. <laughs> it'd be the best story. I mean, you can't. It'd be such a good, it'd be a perfect NWA story, wouldn't it? it that That is that's a throwback. As, that's a throwback to the, the pre-Bruce Tharp eras a little bit. You know, that's like, you know, upsetting everybody with the chic thing. That That's just classic NWA at, at its very best. Let me tell you something. This will be the funniest <laughs> situation like this since Vince Russo accidentally sent his booking email to Mike Johnson instead of remember the T yes. the infamous TNA mm-hmm. by the way who broke that story I forget was that we, you we did Rich Crage it was it. us I how can you that. forget I don't remember that we don't get any credit for that one do we we broke that story damn we don't get any credit for that one what the fuck we don't get credit for anything damn it we're too small to be big, too big to be small. Yeah, you're right. We get a lot of we get we get shit on constantly because we're too big that everyone notices what we say, but we're too small to ever get fucking credit for anything. I like our place though. I really do. It's I like bad. our little lane. I like our little lane. It's just enough attention. I don't want more attention. I want more money. More money would be good. Give it give us that ten million dollars you were gonna give uh Billy Corgan. The money I'll take. But the more attention just brings fucking idiots. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's, you know, 
It's why we try to not game Twitter. We try to game Twitter in reverse. Uh, I'm trying to it. make sure. And it worked. And it, my, um, my new strategies have worked. We're getting no engagement. It's working. perfect. <laughs> we're, no one's engaging us. And it's incredible. <laughs> They're clicking the same um, amount of links that they were clicking before, but yes. nobody's engaging. It's perfect. Baseball fans, are you excited for the upcoming season? I know I am. It is time to gear up and show your team spirit with MLB Shop, the official online store of Major League Baseball. Find the latest jerseys, hats, apparel, and collectibles for all 30 MLB teams at MLB Shop. Represent your favorite players, your hometown team, or relive classic moments with exclusive throwback gear. Gear up for the season at MLB Shop. Whether you're cheering from the stands or watching at home, show your love for the game with official MLB merchandise. Make sure you use our exclusive link, voicesofwrestling.com slash MLB Shop to help support the Voices of Wrestling podcast network again it's voicesofwrestling.com slash mlb shop you'll pay the exact same price the exact same items everything is exactly the same about your shopping experience but a small percentage of every sale comes back to us so again it's voicesofwrestling.com slash mlb shop the official online store of major league baseball Yes, it's exactly what I wanted. Um, yeah, there, there was the double, there was the double whammy too of the Vince Russo sending Mike Johnson <laughs> the booking emails, and then there was Dixie Carter sending the. Is that what it was? Which email? We two. broke one no, of those. No, email there was stories. two. It was TNA. <laughs> so TNA had like a oh, triple yeah, yeah, whammy. No, no, no. Okay, there was I the screwed hurricane. There was hold the on, hurricane. Hold on. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no. Hold on. Hold on. I screwed it up. Mike Johnson broke the Mike Johnson email story. I was gonna say we I thought bro- he did that one. <laughs> We broke – so you were right to be confused. We broke the Dixie email where she accidentally uh, sent the email making fun of the Spike TV execs. That was the yes. one we broke. That was the one we broke. Um, uh, listen, it's confusing when the same company has two email <laughs> mishap stories. Okay? How's that even happen twice? Was it Spike or Destination America that she fucked up? No, it was predestination America. Was it? Okay, okay. It was Spike. She sent an email burying the Spike execs to the, the Spike <laughs> to, execs. To them. <laughs> yeah. So, and then they lost their deal. Yes. This is like right up there. This cocaine thing is, is if they lose this, is is worse. I mean, this is worse. Because when, where do they turn? And don't underrate this either. I, you know, I don't know how much stock I put in this, but don't overrate the idea that WWE is putting their tentacles in as many different networks as they can to kind of block out AEW if Tony can't get a deal with WBD. Okay, Joe, Joe, I do want to clarify. It was indeed Destination America. Rich this, is picking up a lot of dubs today. I, I really am here. So I but but it also this this report cites us. So thank you very much, Wrestling Inc. Uh back in yeah. May 22nd of 2015. According to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast, TNA now has egg on its face after Dixie Carter inadvertently sent an email to Destination America insulting the network. So no, they lost two TV deals because the Russo thing made Spike say, fuck off. We're done yeah. with you guys. We told you not to hire this guy again, and you fucking hired him again so you've lost your tv deal then they got the destination america deal and then here we go the host said that a wrestler contacted them and were sent a screenshot from last week which featured now this is all coming back to me it's all washing over me again the destination america stuff which featured tna president dixie carter referring to the suits at destination america as dummies the screenshot (laughs) also revealed that carter had accidentally cc'd the email to the current president of destination america yeah 
The hosts also specified that they didn't know if the email was before or after the announcement of TNA being moved to Wednesdays. There were rumors running rampant that Destination America was planning to cancel the show within the past few weeks, a situation that still very much might be happening. Dummies, yeah. <laughs> she says, calls them yeah. dummies and then CCs the president of... Uh... I think we, uh, at the time, I think... Uh... Dave gave us credit on his on Wrestling Observer Radio okay. as right. well. Yeah. Uh, we we legitimately broke that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, now, this, now it's coming back to me. Now it's coming back to me a little bit. That's good. They lost two TV deals by attaching the wrong people to emails. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? So you know, NWA. This would be worse though because they don't have a deal and they will have nowhere to turn. This man. This at Billy has been looking for a television deal for years. And he finally thinks he has one. And, uh, you know. Dummies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Um, Just the best. Wrestling's the best. It's so good. It is so fucking stupid that <laughs> it's incredible. So stupid. We're stupid yeah. for watching it. We're even dumber for talking about it. The people involved in it are dumb. It's the dumbest thing ever. I love it so much. All right, let's get to this New Japan power struggle. Yeah, so let, 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 let's do this. This was like the opposite of Crown Jewel in that it was a super long show, but because the matches were so... They were worked at a faster pace. And here's the other thing. You know what this show reminded me of? I'm going to tell you. Remember Vintage Dragon Gate? when we were really bought in and all in on the company and they would have their big shows at Kobe and uh, Kobe or Osaka and the undercards would be these fast paced frenetic matches that would, that felt like they ended uh, like a minute or two too soon. Like, wow, I'm really getting into this six man tag with super Cisha. Oh, it's over. But man, that was really good. I'm yeah. going to give that three and a quarter. Right. That's what the undercard of power struggle was like. It was a bunch of matches that were really tight, good undercard matches that all felt like they ended like a minute too soon, which is better than a match hanging around too long, especially on the undercard and feeling like it finished, you know, six minutes too late. Yeah, the match times are pretty crazy. You got four minutes and 41 seconds for the opener, five minutes and 36 seconds for the, the, the second match in the show, 10 minutes. 11, 12, 1, 14, <laughs> 16, well, that, and then, well, listen, yeah, the one is kind of... Well, start to finish, that Moxley Gradlecon thing was still only 15 minutes. Yeah, of, right, um, right, right. You know, and they had two matches, technically. So that's what the undercard felt like. And it was such a drastic switch from when I watched uh, the Blood Money show because that show, the, all of the matches dragged, and they were slapping on holds. And then they would do a high spot and both guys would sell for like 90 seconds. And they did, you know, just such a dichotomy. And it's just a different kind of mindset on how to work to a big, in a big building. Right. And it's like this undercard had all these matches and the file was over five hours long and I was dreading watching it. And then when I was done watching the power struggle show, even though I thought it only had the one great match and it was like, I don't know how you feel, but I think it was, a fucking phenomenal oh, match. I mean, I thought Will Ospreay Shota Aminu is, oh, man, fucking hose me down. That was, 
even by Will Ospreay's standards, an incredible match. The thing with Will Ospreay, you know what's funny? He's so fucking good that we come on this show sometimes and we're like, ah, it was only four and a half. <laughs> right, right. Like, the Zack Sabre Jr. match is a perfect example. Yeah. For weeks, people wanted us to talk about it. And I'm like, what do you want me to say? It was like a four and a half star match. Sabre and Will Ospreay, it was fine, you know? And then I moved on. It's like, wait a minute. Hold on a sec. Like... He has matches that would be some people's best match of their lives. And we're like, ah, we don't need to carve out. Yeah, what do you want me to say? What more can I say? It was good. All right, four and a half stars. Move on. All right. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Yeah. But this one was above and beyond that. I gave out the most cowardly rating in the history of cowardly ratings. I went four and three quarters plus. Oh, what a co- that is very cowardly. I went, I went four How and three cowardly quarters is that? flat. You went the plus. That's a fucking coward move. Yeah, four and three quarters plus. Come on, Joe, just give it the five. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Know? No one's like, gonna. No one's gonna get the, mad. Just yeah. Well, people will definitely get mad. Oh, okay. Lost break, but four and three quarters plus has got to be the most cowardly rating that a human can give out. That's what I went with this match. Uh, look. As soon as Moxley came out, and it was a great match before that, okay, Will Ospreay is beating the living shit out of this man because he he dispatched him rather easily the other times that he's faced him. Right. right. The story here is Shota can't hang with him, and he's just beating the shit out of him. And, and Shota, around, and like Shota a, redebuted in the company, beating him up and pulling the title over him and stuff. So and and they did their stuff in Rev Pro. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot yeah, in here. A lot, of a lot of background here. Yeah. So Will's dominating this man. And he's got him pinned down and he's hitting him in the face and Moxley comes down and he's like, don't give up shooter. Come on, shooter pounding the mat. So you know? good. So good. And then I'm like, I'm getting into this too. I'm yeah, like, right, yeah, right. shooter, do, do, don't do, give do, up. Yeah, pounding the table yourself as you're yeah. watching it. Yeah. I'm like, listen to him shooter. You can do this. Like I'm saying it like in my fucking den, you know, I'm like beat this fucking Brit, you know? And then, uh, it, you know, and then, and then he gets out of it and then he goes on this rally inspired by Moxley. And then he gets Will in the same precarious position that Will had him in. And he's doing all the He gave him a hidden blade. He, he gets in that mount. He's pounding Will's face. I'm fucking, I'm shadow boxing like Suit Williams in my fucking den. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting into this fucking match. This match was so good. So good. And completely different than everything else Will does. You know, this wasn't the Will Ospreay. I'm going to go in there and have a four and a half star match that people are fucking used to because I'm so, no, he went out there and went above and beyond and had this incredible match with such an incredible story. And these, and this I'm is brutal. You, this is as brutal as a, a New Japan and main event has been in many, many, many years. I mean, this was full of big, big spots, big, you know, the tiger driver through the table is one thing, but then they're just hitting each other in the fucking heads. They're headbutting. They're just dropping each other on their fucking heads. You get another tiger driver. I mean, this was, this was brutal, man. Brutal in all the good ways. I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, and, um, you know, Will obviously wins the match, and, you know, it's like, oh, man, it's uh, the one thing, though, is is they send Mox down there, and the other thing you're thinking is, oh, this is great because Will's going to win, and Mox we're going to have Will right Ospreay up. versus John Mox. Hell yeah, we are. I was watching this live, too. And, I, I was able to watch this live, and as it's happening, I'm like, yeah, Will's winning this match. I know that. But he's gonna he's gonna pin shooter, grab that title, hold it over him, and Mox is gonna walk into that ring. Oh, you want something, motherfucker? Let's go, you and me, Wrestle Kingdom. Mox is gonna ready. do that thing with his shoulder, yeah, where he yeah, swaggers in, shoulder roll, like all yeah, right, motherfucker. Roll. I'm doing it too. I'm doing <laughs> right, shoulder right. roll. Takes off the and, leather jacket, maybe, and goes, all right, motherfucker, you want to do this? Let's do this. You know. And and those two have had such great chemistry. Yep. 
the great matches they had, the four way, the, uh, they, 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 you know, and, and, you know, they're not afraid to beat the living shit out of each other. Cause they're both psychopaths. And <laughs> what do they do? Wah, wah. We, thought, we thought he was dead, Rich. We thought they were down cycling him. Uh, no, I, I, I recall the conversation last week being you and I saying David Finley's definitely on the up and up. <laughs> he will definitely be a part of a major match at Wrestle Kingdom, perhaps, you know, for, for a newly created title. I think that's kind of what we were trying to get at last week. I, I don't know if maybe we didn't put it in the exact words, but uh, no, we, we definitely we, we put over David Finley's potential uh, for the remainder of the year and being in big spots in New Japan for wrestling. That's how uh, I, I can't. I can't believe they're doing this. I, I, it is stunning. I was blown away. How disappointing this decision is. And because the crowd too. So if, if to put this in a, in, in context, so shooter and, and, and Osprey have a 40 minute match. That's fucking incredible. Shooter is a made guy after this match. And he was always, he was ticking up that way a little bit. Are you, and you're saying I'll that. I'll that L. I'll eat that L. It's okay. But after this match, there it is. I'll, after this, he's a match, believer now. That crowd was going fucking insane. It's one of those things where I saw a lot of people being like, "Oh, that sucks. He should have won." And I'm like, "No, he shouldn't have won. It's better that he lost this match." Th- this is a classic yeah, yeah. example of a guy losing but gaining that respect. Where Will then, after that match, goes, "All right, mother, you you proved it to me. You you've proved that you belong. You're not quite there yet." but you prove that you belong. You can belong at a, at a certain point. And then the crowd goes nuts. He bows. Will bows. They shake hands. They do the thing after the match where Will grabs his hand after the bell to kind of say, all right, kid, you did it, kid. You know what I mean? Because he's, he, you know, he wrestled this guy in Repro when, when we talked about that, that horribly disappointing match where Shooter came up and he wasn't in shape and, and New Japan wasn't really quite sure what the hell they wanted to do. I mean, that match was disastrous for, for Shota Umino. We had, we had, you know, wasn't it Yuji Nagata or something was like, dude, you better get your ass in shape or we're going to, you know, I don't know. I forget what the exact context was at the time, but it did not go well. He had a, a, a dud of a match. His body wasn't in shape. He seemed annoyed, depressed. It was during the pandemic and stuff like that. But, you know, there was a big wake-up call. They're like, okay, what do you want to do about this thing? And he little by little built himself back up, built himself up, got to this point here. I think he still needs a little bit more in the charisma department to be a tippy-tippy top guy, but he, he made himself here. My dog is coughing wildly in the background. Sorry about that. Um, but... No, this, 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 you know, he, he, he was a made guy after this match. You know what I mean? He was a made dude. They do the bow. They do the bow. Moxley gets in. You're like, oh, this is perfect. Show, sh- shooter's guy is in there. Shooter couldn't get it done, but his dude is going to face this guy at Russell Keenan. And it made all the sense in the world. You don't know what the future of Will is. So you know what? Move that title over to Moxley. Made all the sense in the world. Russell Kingdom. Osprey versus Moxley. I'm all in. I'm 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 pounding my fist, going, "Oh man, New Japan is back, baby. <laughs> They're back. Here we go." And then David Finley shows up, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> no, no! They can't be doing this." And yes, at Wrestle Kingdom, we were getting Will Osprey versus John Moxley versus David Finley for uh, some sort of newly created title. This because is such a fucking letdown. <laughs> Why? <laughs> What? And we're doing this weird thing where we're doing a new title. Yeah. Ugh. You know, and it's like I can't if you would have given me explain the roller coaster that I went on watching this match. I know. So excited. I'm like, Mox got in that ring, and I was like, Fuck yes, let's go. This is great. And then just the immediate wet fart of David Finley coming out with with fucking Gato, and I was like, God damn it. Yeah. We need a rebel. <laughs> we need a rebel. It's like, oh. We need a rebel. Stop. New Japan needs a rebel. Um, oh, God. 
he's probably going to win. I mean. Yeah, you probably don't want either. None of these guys want to eat an L, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if, what's going on. I don't on. even think it's that. I think it's just Will's gone. Moxley is on the show, and this is what they chose to do with him. And this David Finley push, he lost up, Rich. We thought he lost and was on his way out the door when he lost the Never. He lost up. Hmm. Unfortunately, we can't get rid of him. We thought we were done with this guy. How many times? I hoped now? and I prayed we were it, done with him. So, so it's uh, if you would have given me Osprey Moxley and Daniel Sin Okada, oh. look, I don't care what the rest of the card is. I'll live with Sonata in the main event. I'll live with Hiromu Despi for the 9,000th time because I know it's probably going to be pretty good anyway. And I'll live with whatever else you're going to give me if you would have given me those two matches. But it took a show that has a main event that I really have no interest in. Zero interest in over here. I just don't. I couldn't possibly care less. I just want Naito to beat him and be done with this, honestly. Um, And... You know, they they those two matches would have just made me super excited for Wrestle Kingdom, and right now I can't say I'm super excited for Wrestle Kingdom. Now here's the rest of the card that we have so far for Wrestle Kingdom. You have the Bullet Club War Dogs, Connors and Drilla Maloney versus Catch Two Two, Akira versus TJP. That's gonna be good. That's if gonna they be good. Get time, and if they get time, it could be great. Uh, Osprey, Moxley, and Finley. I, I just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. Get I can't into pretend it. that can't. I'm excited about that match. I don't care no. that it has Osprey and Moxley, two of you know the best wrestlers in the world. I can't get excited. Uh, uh, about a three-way dance with David Finley in it. I, I just can't. Sorry. Uh, Hiromu and Desperado for the junior heavyweight title. They have good matches, but I don't know that I care that much about Hiromu I've seen it so and Desperado many times. anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's the right match, though. It's their two most popular juniors. Oh, absolutely. I understand why they're doing it. It's like Sanan and Naito. I get why peop- I get why that's the match. I just don't. I can't yeah, lie I to you and tell care. you that I care. I, I can't tell you, oh, I really care about this. Or I can't tell you, oh, well, the Japanese fans care about it. So, I mean, it's a good match. I have to tell you what I am what I think. I, right. I, I have no interest in it. Danielson and Okada, I'm in. That sounds fucking amazing. I hope Danielson shows up with the with the, the bandage on his eye. Yeah, Morishima style. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Sonata and Naito, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I couldn't care less. This is, yeah. this is, this is the... the the first Tokyo Domain event since I've been really, really following this stuff that I do not give a shit about. Don't care. Sorry. I don't care about Naito's yeah. roll call. I don't care about Sonato, uh, Sonata making it through all of LIJ. I, 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 don't, I don't care. I don't care. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I don't really care about the match either. And um, now we see what else. I mean, this is most of the big stuff, though. I mean, you know, you hope that Shingo has something cool to do. Mm-hmm. Now that he's the never champion. Yeah, that's right? that is a good point. There's not a whole lot of other big time, big time matchups. Yeah, you're gonna get a tag team title match, and it's like whatever. The the world tag league will determine that. Um, you know, Shingo's the never champ. They usually have a never defense on the show. You know, you hope it's just a another really great worker that he's in there with. Because then you could just get another dumb work rate match, you know, sixth from the top or something, which will appeal to us is what I'm saying. Right. Um, and then, you know, what other big stuff could there be? I mean, Tana, you know, Okada is in a match, so you're not going to have the Okada Tanahashi Ishii team defending no. the six man titles. So then what do you do with Tanahashi and Ishii? Um, Zack Sabre Jr. needs something. Yeah. How about Zach versus Shingo? I would take that. I would absolutely take that. 
but they're both champions. They're both. And that's yeah, not really right, right now. Japan's I know. Way. I know. Sabers defending that title this weekend. I want. I want to say, but I, I don't think he. I, I, I don't know if he's losing that title anytime soon. But I forget. I forget who he's facing at the Lone Star Shootout or whatever the hell it's called. I can tell you in a second. I'm loading up as well, so I think I'm going to beat you. Let's see who Mike wins. Bailey. Mike Bailey ain't winning the New Japan World he ain't winning that. title. <laughs> title. So yeah, no, that that's not happening. That shows tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Well, but hey, maybe Trent will knock off Shingo, and this conversation's for naught. <laughs> it's all moved, right? <laughs> yeah. Get a little Trent in the dome. Yeah, right? yeah. A little Trent uh, with the question mark in the dome. That'd be nice. Yeah. So quickly, that's Shingo Trent, Zach Bailey, Zach Saber Jr. versus Mike Bailey. Not a man named Zach Bailey. Um, Eddie Kingston defends against Kojima. Remember they set that up. TJP versus Mystico. It's a good card. Um, Mayu Iwatani defends the IWGP against uh, Stephanie Vaquier. I still can't. I still don't know how to pronounce her name. I also think she's very overrated. People are. I, I'm well, finally. Now, yeah, we've done, that, we've done that thing again, where like she had a good match with with Monet, and now yeah. we're decided that like everyone AW, has to sign her. Everyone has to sign her, and she has to be the AEW World Champion in in yeah. you know in the next six months. Or AEW doesn't know what they're doing, and Tony Khan needs to stop booking women type stuff. And it's like, okay, hold on, <laughs> let's reel it reel it in a little bit. I've bit my tongue long enough on the Vaquier or whatever her name is. I I don't good. see it, Mitch. She's a good little worker. She's nice. She's a nice little wrestler. I don't know what these people are going on and on about. I mean, I've seen her have some bad matches. I'm watching that CML. I, I gave up watching the CML women's matches. I don't know. She's fine. Um, <laughs> you're wrapped up in Toro Yano versus Joey Janela. Ain't that rich? Uh, no, no, I'm not. No, not really at all. Good opponent for Janela, though, if you're going to bring Janela. Sure. Atlantis, Dorada, and Tiger Mask versus Hechicero, Rocky Romero, and Ultimo Guerrero. Okay, I, will I like eat that. that yeah. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that'll be a perfectly acceptable three-star opener, if it is in fact the opener. Uh, Andrew Rich just told um, us in the chat room that uh, Tanahashi pinned uh, Zack Sabre Jr. at uh, Power Struggle, and then he, you know, he's so teased, your match. he teased uh, going after the TV title. So there you go, Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, yeah, I, I we should have been on top of that. I can't but, get really yeah. excited about uh, a Tanahashi match in 2024, yeah. though. You know what, though, I get it. Tanahashi still. He's Tanahashi. So oh, no, you no, want I, him in a no. match. I, I get it. It's just like from the standpoint of my excitement level of Wrestle Kingdom, as I can't I can't add that to that. There's Danielson and Okada, and that's kind of it so far of matches. I'm like, hell yeah. Or I, I guess that the 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 catch two two and, and, and the bullet club one is, is solid. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So um that's the shootout show. And then there's a bunch of tags. So oh well they're doing the Phantasmo Hikaleo versus West Coast Wrecking Crew match on that mm-hmm. show too, which was set up on the last uh whatever it was um show where, where they came out and attacked them. So um you know, and Moxley's on the show, Moxley and Wheeler versus Kenta and David Finley, which is like a waste of Moxley. So but I get it because Finley's in the three way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's a good looking card that that uh that Lone Star shootout. Yeah, it's on Fight. Uh, be on VoicesWrestling.com slash Fight, by the way, this weekend if you want to uh, check that one out. The only place you can see it is VoicesWrestling.com slash Fight, too. Yes. You have to specifically. Yeah, if you go to Fight, I don't think it's going to work. I think you got to go to VoicesWrestling.com slash Fight, and then it, then, then it should work pretty well. Uh, and if you're in Japan, though, I believe you can watch it on uh, the New Japan World, which they did revamp uh, earlier today was actually the launch of it. And so far, it's, it, it seems pretty good. It seems a lot easier to kind of find stuff. Uh, I know the search is still broken, but the search is broken on the old site, too. Uh, the archive isn't all the way there. I think now they're going to slowly build the archive back up. I always get worried when companies tell me they're going to do that. 
Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening there. But, yeah, uh, but did mean, you see what they said? They said they it was going to take a while, right? They said everything will be up by the end of 2024. Mm. Oh, what the fuck? It's like a that, year and a half. That's a long what time from now. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I'm dipping into those archives on a daily basis. It's but nice it's to have, be in, Nice to have. It's nice to have, and every now and then I do look for something and watch it. And, you know, 2024 is... The end of 2024. I mean, fuck, man. We're we're not even at the end of 2023. So, uh, anyway, let's go through. We're running out of time. Yeah, so, yeah. quickly with the rest of the uh, the the power struggle show. Uh, how much of this show did you actually? I see? watched I the. I watched from Ocon Moxley on. So you'll have to help me with all the undercard stuff. Sounds fun. I mean, he he cut his fucking rat tail off. He cut the fucking. I know that's a big spot. I th- I thought you'd build that up for a little bit more. That's a yeah, big, so they did you know, the, that, that thing should be a big deal when you cut that thing off. So they did the deal where they do the double count out and then both men want to just have another match. So they didn't, they did the false count anywhere. So it was fun. I, I liked you know, it. May I, have liked been, it. I liked it a lot. May have been my second favorite match on the show. I mean, it's just didn't have a lot of great matches. Everything on the show was good. Nothing was really great except the main event. The um, open one, never open weight six man, as just noted, they beat TMDK and it was, you know, probably setting up Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the uh, TV title. And, you know, they'll work that under the TV title rules, presumably, so you don't have to have Tanahashi out there for 25 minutes. So, you know, there's that aspect. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's a smart Catch, way to book him. Catch 2-2 won the Super Junior Tag League. They beat Sho and, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. They gave Kanemaru a little push as the new member of House of Torture. He gets all the way to the final. But Catch 2-2 are your winners there. And we already told you that means... They get the big wrestle uh, Wrestle Kingdom spot. Hiromu beat Taiji Ishimori. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was exactly what I thought it would be. A Taiji Ishimori match in 2020. Yeah, I, I was pretty bored and, by it, to be honest. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's just Taiji just nothing for me anymore. Nothing. Yeah. And uh, now, I mean, we should have been on top of this, but it makes sense now that they had that weird David Finley versus Tangaloa match. It, it's that light bulb booking. They yeah. were obviously giving Finley a win. And we, we you know, but. That, that light bulb sucks though <laughs> i hear light, you man that's the closet you. that you don't change the light bulb because you're like ah whatever you know what i mean it's fine i don't use that like that much it's you know type of thing it's... yeah and then the tags did, you know they did the, the the uh dragon gate guys in the pre-show match which was uh uh taguchi dkc and oleg bolton over mochizuki jr strong machine J, and yoshiki kato Strong Machine J, that's interesting that he worked this because they didn't New Japan rejected him. They did. That's, yeah, obviously he's doing the, the strong machine gimmick after his, you know, his father yeah. or something. And and yeah, he he tried out there. They gave you know, everybody kind of vied for him and he's said, Yeah, this is the guy. And, then, and, and he, they still didn't want him. So yeah. he ended up with Dragon Gate and he's good. He's pretty good. I mean, you know, I don't know if that New Japan necessarily missed the boat. I don't know if he's like their kind of guy, you know, but he's carving out a nice career for himself in dragon gate and he was fired up on this pre-show he's in there break dancing before the match and you could tell that it meant something to him that uh that he was in there and then um you know a bunch of tags i'm looking at them and there wasn't really anything of notes that i feel like i have to discuss um hopefully shingo's opponent at wrestle kingdom isn't tamatanga mm. And they, hopefully they get away from that. Mm. That would be a real letdown. Even though he he dragged a, a really great match out of Tamatanga, I don't want to see that again. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to see that again. So I don't know where you go. Could you 
you get a I don't, know, I, don't, I don't even know where you turn. Oh, what did you think of the new commentator? Oh, Walker Stewart. Walker Stewart. Yeah. I thought he was good. He's very professional, and he's got a little bit of the Syracuse sports announcer, big voice thing. But I'll take that. that. You know what I mean? Like, I have very low standards these days for for wrestling announcers. As long as you don't tell me to suck your fucking dick and scream at me the whole time, I'm good. And he didn't do either of those yeah. two things. So I think he's solid. Uh, I'll give him a chance, but but he, he, seemed, he seemed solid. And what I'll say more than anything is because he still kind of learned the ropes, it gave Chris uh, Charlton a little bit more room to breathe. Yeah. I thought Charlton was fucking phenomenal on this show. And he's, all, he's, he's been, been good for a while. But he now that Kelly's kind of out of there and there's not necessarily that, that you know, Walker's still trying to kind of figure things out. And he, he's, he's very good at kind of sitting back a little bit and letting Charlton have his word. And I thought Chris was phenomenal on this show. I thought the new guy was very well prepared. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knew his newest yeah. shit, knew how to pronounce everybody, knew every, all the names. Yeah, I, he, a he very knew what was going on. and Very professional in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And he's a young kid, isn't he? And he's like he's stupid young. It's annoying. He's like 26 so, or something like that. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. You know, totally prepared. He does have the Syracuse big boy voice, but, you know, a lot of professional sports announcers. That's have it. Syracuse yeah, big yeah boy exactly. Voice. It's fine. Um. You know, it drives me nuts when I'm watching a college basketball game and I've got this fake Syracuse big boy voice guy calling the game. But um, his, you know, I, you know, I will say his is a little different. It doesn't feel like put on or fake. I know exactly. Like if people you don't know what know, I mean, watch yeah. like, yeah, watch like random like FS2 is going to air some random game. And it's like, oh, here we are here in Dayton, Ohio for the Dayton Flyers versus the. And it's like, shut yeah. up, dude. <laughs> like, Reel it in. Yeah. Um, Dayton Flyers the, basketball the, here on Fox Sports too. <laughs> it's like, all right, the, calm down, the, buddy. The NFL red zone guy that everyone loves, Chris Hansen. Oh, he does it pretty, yeah. I can, you know, I, I heard that guy on a podcast a couple months ago because uh, there used to be two red zones and now there's the only the one. And he, he did the podcast rounds to try to convert the old direct TV red zone viewers into watching his version of the red zone, right? So he was going, he was basically on a mini little press junket. And I heard him on a podcast and he didn't even drop it for that. Like in the podcast interview, he was using his Syracuse oh, big boy yeah. voice. And he is so annoying. That guy. That's why I can't watch that red zone. He, he, he stinks. He, 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 someone, he goes, he, he was, he, and they asked him, uh, you know, he, he, he goes, uh, all I can say is that if you prefer the other red zone, give us a try. Oh. You're going to love watching football with us. I'm like, dude, you're on a podcast <laughs> with us. I know exactly. The, yeah, yeah, that's how he talks. Right. Like, yeah, that's how he here. talks all day on the red zone. You know, and that's how he talked on the. Po- I thought on the podcast he was going to drop the fucking. He act. might not know how to. It's crazy, you know, and it's like, it's like he was still this fake fucking Syracuse guy, even on a podcast, you know, and it's like so off putting. I won't watch him out of principle. You know, I'm, I'm an Andrew Siciliano guy. Direct TV red zone. I will not support the uh, fake red zone. Uh, uh, Walker's but, uh, 21 years old. Annoyingly. I told old. you he's a fucking kid. God. He's 21. You know, he's he's 21 years old. And, you know, totally prepared. Robbie Eagles was in the booth to help he out. He was good, too. Once yeah, his match I thought was Robbie over. was good. Too. Robbie Eagles was good. Yeah, he added. He added. He didn't take away. And he understood why he was there and what his role was. Sometimes those guys clam up. And some guys, those guys, sometimes those guys talk too much. He was perfect. So... It was a really good booth. This kid's got potential. Um, 
Now, I'm not trying to put him down. He's 21. I should, he is a man. This guy's got potential. Okay. Um, you know, so he was he was born in fucking 2002. Yeah. So <laughs> I, no. I hate that. I don't uh, like that at all. It's uh yes. Yeah. So anyway, that was the uh that was the power struggle. We got a couple more things to get through here, and I want to get to all these other topics. So um we don't we don't with New Japan for yeah. now. Yeah, I think we're done so, with New Japan. Let's uh let's all go right. all Japan. Let's go all. Yeah. Uh, Nakajima, uh Yume Oyagi. They had a show on November 5th. Uh, that uh, triple crown match, Nakajima versus Aoyagi. Nakajima defeats Aoyagi to win the triple crown title, 24 minutes and 16 seconds. And this, if you did not see this match, was a fucking beatdown. Nakajima is beating the hell out of this guy, beating on him and beating on him and beating on him and kicking him and chopping him and kicking him. And, him and, him and, him and, him. and Aoyagi's taking it all. And it's looking like a million bucks. And Nakajima's doing his patented stuff where it's like, brother, it's a work. <laughs> chill out a little bit, man. Like, just those kicks. It's like, dude, chill. Yeah, it's all right, man. You don't have to take the guy's fucking head off with these kicks. But he's beating on him, and he's beating on him, and he's beating on him. And you're thinking, all right, here we go. You know, Aoyagi's going to fire up at any point now and, and, and make his comeback or whatever. And he does a little kind of sort of comeback. And then Nakajima just kicks him and chops him and kicks him and beats him and beats him and beats him, then drops him on his fucking neck and just goes onto his body and just like in the in the most asshole way possible pins this guy kind of you know mounting him to pin him for the one two three and win the strip triple crown shocks the audience shocks me ah man I, I don't know if it was like a it's not a great match but it's a very very important match and the perfect way to debut this guy I, in all japan pro wrestling i thought it was a great match I thought I, I was going to ask you, what'd you like better, this or Will versus Shota? I guess uh, I liked Will versus Shota a little bit more. I, I think this did its exact purpose. I don't know if I can call this a great match, but I think it, it achieved its exact purpose that it needed to. I thought it was incredible. First of all, it's Scott Hansen on the red zone. Chris Hansen oh, is. Why don't you have a seat over here? Yeah. That's Chris Hansen. Totally different guy. That's, are, you are, you enjoying your milk and, are you Big Ball 69? Are you Big Ball 69? Are you, are you enjoying your milk and cookies? Uh, why don't you have a seat over here? Um, wonder what he's doing these days. Actually, I don't care what he's doing these days. Whatever. Chris Hansen, yeah. he got arrested for fraud. Oh, and, well. And he 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 does YouTube versions of his of his of his stings. He's had several different oh, versions. Is that I've watched legal? Every, is that legal? I've watched, <laughs> Can you just Yeah, why do... wouldn't it be any different than NBC? I mean, I guess. so yeah. he he's he has had so many different versions of that. I have watched every second of <laughs> I love those fucking things. I can't get enough of them. Um so anyway, um yeah, I thought the Nakajima Aoyagi match was incredible. I thought it was the kind of physicality he brought Noah's physicality to all Japan. Yes, he did. Yeah. Basically is what it was. I thought Aoyagi had more offense than you're giving him credit for, and I thought he brought the nastiness as well. Nakajima did drop him on his head twice to put him away and pin him, and he did pin him in a very disrespectful way. It was the Akira Hokuto pin where he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's his adopted mother. Or I don't know if that's official adopted. But oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if that's official yeah, so or just kind of yeah. They raised him though, right? You right. know, so I don't, you know, but um, I think he considers them his parents or something like that. But um, the very disrespectful pin, you know, the outsider coming in. And um, and winning the title, I watched this unspoiled today, and and I, I audibly reacted to him winning the title. I didn't think that they were going to do the switch, and I was like, "What?" You know, and and the match I thought was great, and then of course Kento Miyahara comes out to challenge him. He's got to get his win back, so they're going to have that match. It's official. It's on New Year's Eve, 
So they're having that match on New Year's Eve, I believe. And yeah, Miyahara is going to win that. And then they've got their two shows on, I think, January 2nd and January 3rd. So to me, it makes sense. Kento gets his win back on Nakajima on his home turf. He wins the title. And then that gives you some wiggle room for Aoyagi to get the win back on either January 2nd or January 3rd in Corrigan mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the New Year's shows. If Nakajima is, in fact, if this is a pit stop. If this is a pit stop, which my gut is telling me it is. Now, let me be clear. I want him to stay with All Japan. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think he would have left Noah with more stable ownership and all of that, even though he was kind of a pariah in the locker room to go to a less stable place. I think he's not probably on his way to new Japan and not only with losing the title on new year's Eve and then losing to Aoyagi in the first week of January, it all fits fits neatly. If he's it, it does debut free him up, it does free him up pretty easily. Right. And then a couple of days later, he can pop up at the dome or on new year dash or a new beginning a month later. If he is in fact heading to new Japan. Um, but I don't know if, if that's the case. I mean, if I had to rank the realistic places that he could end up, I would rank all Japan first. And then you can say if you differ with my list. I would rank all Japan first. I'd love to see him stay in all Japan. I think he adds a great element. Oh, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. It'd be the best thing for all Japan. I think it'd be the best thing for him too. Maybe not financially, <laughs> maybe not, you know, in, in terms of his, his, his yeah. bank account. But I think for, for him, he's going to be in put, put in top spots. Like he's already won the triple crown. They're going to keep him in. He's going to be in big time in events. He, he'll be respected. I think there. Yeah, he'll probably piss people off like he pisses everybody off. But he, 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 he always felt like he was always behind the eight ball and Noah, no matter what. It was always behind the eight ball. And anytime he got on the other side, he would do something to get himself behind the eight ball immediately right afterwards. So this feels like a fresh, new, good start for him. And he he feel, he fits like a glove on this roster, too. So I think it would be fantastic if he stayed there. I think it would be good for wrestling if he stays in all Japan, too. That would be my number one. My number two would be New Japan. They don't need him. But, I mean, shit. I'd like to see him mix it up with those guys and some of the, some of the younger guys who he's never wrestled before. Hey, shit. If you're going to do that, Noah division or that, that uh, never division, like you said, where you actually put some real emphasis on it and have it be good wrestling again with good wrestlers. Like, yeah, Shingo versus Nakajima sounds really good to me. Yeah. Number three would be AEW. It's gotten to the point when there's big free agents. I used to want them to be yeah, my I, first thought. I, I, I don't want him anywhere near AEW to be honest. Me neither. I, I, I don't have any confidence they would do anything interesting with they got him to, They've whatsoever. had to catch it up for a year now. What the fuck? It, I mean, they on. have so many guys, and yeah. they don't do anything interesting with anyone. And I don't have any confidence in that booking to do interesting things with interesting free agents yeah. anymore. I, I don't want him there, and honestly. It, I don't even know if I'd have him down third. Well, fourth is WWE, where oh. he would be basically. <laughs> ah, no, dear God. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's retirement. And it's also the worst possible spot for him because he can't wrestle like he wrestles now. He'd have to completely change his style. He'd have that Kenta thing where he'd come in and he'd either be, he'd either piss somebody off within 10 seconds or he'd be so nervous that he'd wrestle like shit. And then people would be like, what the hell's wrong with you? And yeah. Yeah. And and for, and for a guy who's constantly a heat magnet, (laughs) you're going into the the fucking lion's den of, of fucking, you know, Imagine of, that guy of, showing up at the performance center and throwing one of those kicks to yeah. like Oral Mensa yeah. or whatever. It's like that's not, right. that's yeah, not that's what I'm saying. Last long, you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's that's or, or you know 
or walking into the SmackDown locker room where, where his dick enters the room five minutes before he does, and they're not going to play that shit with him. You know, it's like he'd get eaten alive there. And, you know, so that, you know, but, but, you know, when there were big free agents, I used to hope they would go to AEW. I will have lost all confidence in AEW, and I don't want big free agents to go there anymore because they just don't do anything with anybody. That's interesting. So he would just be another guy that MJF would be salivating over beating. I mean, that that's, you know, essentially, you know, if he if he would even bother with him, maybe MJF wouldn't even bother, bother with him. him. I don't think he'd bother with him. Yeah, he's so um, he's so low on the rung that I don't think he'd bother with him. So that would be my order. I mean, you know, I would prefer he stay with all Japan. But it just seems like that would be the order of events that just makes way too much sense. You know, and, and from all Japan standpoint, if you have a chance to use this guy for a couple of months and do do. This is such a smart booking idea to do to to man. They they must have no. I mean, how this all must have been in the plans when he beat Miyahara the first time, you know, and everyone just kept it under wraps because it all makes too much sense. And it's just such good ABC booking. Even if he leaves, it all makes too much sense. Uh, Joe, to I think we, uh, we're, we're on one today. We're, we're definitely nailing these things a little bit. Uh, October 28th, uh, 9th. Uh, Katsuko Nakajima's Twitter account. Uh, he quote tweets a Shingo Takagi tweet and says, congratulations, Shingo Takagi. So what's next? I'm all free. Hashtag New Japan Wrestling. Go. Hashtag Shingo Takagi. Yeah. So that he's going to New Japan. So <laughs> I hate to say it. He might be going to New uh, Japan. You know, so that's, uh, you know, so it kind of makes the, the, the booking predictable. He's going to lose to Miyahara, but this was a really cool match and a really cool piece of booking. To now have Miyahara not only get his win back against Nakajima. And listen, if you got to get Miyahara and Nakajima in a room and work out a program, and you got to talk Miyahara into losing to Nakajima, what better way to do that than to say, all right, but you're going to get your win back and you're going to beat him for the Triple Crown. Right. And you're going to send them packing. You know. So hopefully they give Aoyagi his win back as well. Because if you're all Japan, you bring this guy in, he wins your title. Now you beat him like a drum on the way out. That's yeah, yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and you haven't yeah. win as definitively as he won this time. If you know, like that's right. You give him the rub of you're going to go in here, our triple crown guy, and you're going to you're going to abuse this guy and embarrass this guy. You're going to pin him so disrespectfully, but we're going to get the wins back though. You know what I mean? You're going to be able to come in here and beat this guy in 20 minutes, but then we're getting those wins back. It's a perfect way to do it if this is how it's going to play out. Yeah, you can't. You can't have Nakajima punk Aoyagi out like that and not have Aoyagi get his heat back. That's Noah shit. <laughs> That's Noah shit. I, I, I trust all Japan right. and know things a little bit better, for sure. Right. So, you know, they're just ending their year as great as they started it. Can't say enough good things about this company right now. So we hope they carry that momentum. Now, I have to go watch the rest of their big matches from that day. They had the day, the day, the, the day show and then the evening show. This was the evening show. It drew 200 more fans than the day show did, you know, because that the triple crown match on it and it was at night and all those things. But I have to go back and watch the tag team title match with Minoru Suzuki. Um, and um, uh, uh, I always forget the name of the third guy in that group. It's. Uh, Sorry, I was reading Omori, something right? else. Oh, yeah, yeah, Omori. yeah, yeah. As you. Uh, Drifting in and out of the show here. Yeah, Suzuki <laughs> and Hakuto Omori challenged the Voodoo Murders for the tag titles. And then there was also an L. Lindemann-Jonathan Gresham Jr. title match. 
which sounds interesting. I did see the video for that. There's, so. there's, a, it's, it's funny because there's a uh, if you go to the All Japan website, uh, alljapan.tv, uh, agpw.tv. Uh, there's a yeah. graphic that's Jonathan Gresham and L. Lindemann with the words giants in front of them. And I'm like, oh, all right. That's yeah. The antithesis yeah. of giant, both those men. But hey, works for me. Big and boy. then the Kento Miyahara T-Hawk versus Ryuki Honda Yuma Anzai tag, which was the semi to the Triple Crown match. Yeah, so, I, I have to go back and watch that entire show, those, those shows as well. I, I just watched yeah, the, I'm going to go back and watch this uh, stuff. Nakajima, but. Yeah, so all that um, looks real good. And remember, this was up in Sapporo. They They took their you know, end of the year trip up to Sapporo. So they ran, you know, two shows on the same day up there. And, um, and they did the big title change, which surprised the hell out of me. So I thought Nakajima would lose and then maybe lose to Kenta Miyahara and then get out, you know, so this was very creative and a good idea. So um, more good stuff out of all Japan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They continue to keep an eye on them for the rest of the year. Uh, and then we'll get uh, one last thing before we bid adieu here. Uh, the gate of destiny show from dragon gate. I watched the business end of the show. Last couple matches. I will say I'm kind of where you were a little bit earlier in the year where you're just completely detached from dragon gate. I think I'm kind of there right now. It, it's it's I'm watching these matches and the Triangle Gate match was not very good. It was Dragon Kid, Punch Tamanaga, Yamato, uh, defeating Don Fuji, uh, Yoshida, and the Bodyguard. Yes, the Bodyguard. Uh, was, Excuse me? Was, yep, the Bodyguard. Well, this was in Osaka, right? Yes, his, his, his home base, the yeah, Bodyguard. I would explain it. And, uh, yeah, it was um, – Don Fuji was probably the best worker in the entire match. So that doesn't usually – Bode well, everybody else is just kind of taking it easy there. Uh, D-Courage opened the Twin Gate. It was D-Courage, Dragon Daya, and Yuki Yoshioka versus uh, M3K, uh, Susumu, and, and, and Kanda. This is okay. Uh, I think this is better, obviously, than Triangle Gate match, a lot better than the Triangle Gate match, but not that spectacular. Uh, again, it's just like, you know, Susumu was great as always. Kanda's, you know, I'm kind of indifferent on him, and and I'm kind of with you and with Yoshioka. He just doesn't ever get things to that next level he just kind of loaf loaf around isn't the right term it's just i don't know if he's got that next gear to kind of get you excited about a match or get you into anything so i thought this had the potential to be good there was a few spots where i was like okay i'm kind of into this and then it just kept going and going and going it was it was about 21 minutes 21 minutes 29 seconds it just felt very long and when it was over d courage got the win and i don't know it was it was fine and then the main event which was good but not great uh open the dream gate uh kakuda defeating big boss shimizu uh, Jay did a great job on on commentary. If you listen to the English commentary, you know, giving the story of Hakuda, giving the story of Big Boss Shimizu, giving the story of of these guys and how we got here and all this sort of stuff. And and Case Lowe did a a review for us at uh, VoicesOfWrestling dot com and also did a great article all about you know what what went into this match, what led to it, all the background, all that sort of stuff. And I knew all that going in. I just don't think the match is that good. Like it, it's just I, th- there's this thing with Dragon Gate right now where it doesn't feel like any of these young guys can kind of kick things into another gear. It feels like they're kind of wrestling, they're wrestling in quicksand. I don't know. They're just a lot. They're slow and they're kind of methodical, and it's all good work. It's not bad work. It's just I'm just not that excited about it. And then you, know, I see a match like you know, I watch, I finished Gate of Destiny, and I was like, eh, I don't know, it was fine. And then I, I popped over, you know, to Nakajima and Aoyagi, and I was like, yes, there we go. That is what I want. This is the type of match that I want to be a main event of, of, of you know, the big-time promotion. And, and Kakuda and, and Shimizu just going out there, and I thought having just just an okay kind of slow-paced main event-style match, I don't know, it just didn't really do it for me. And that's kind of been the, the vibe with Dragon Gate that I've had over the last couple of months. So, um, I don't know. I, I check in with them for the big shows, but uh, I, I, I just I can't get on board with Dragon Gate right now. I try. I try like hell. 
I watch a lot of the recommended stuff that that people give me, and I just I, nothing is quite clicking with me. So, uh, for more detailed review of that show, uh, open the Voice Gate uh, on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, or as I mentioned, Case Lowe did a review for us at, at VoicesOfWrestling.com. And, and I know those guys are still into a lot of the stuff that's going on there. Not everything, but but a lot of the stuff. I just it, it's just not clicking with me. I don't know what it is. It's just I'm I'm just bored by watching Dragon Gate, and and that has really almost never happened in my entire life, and uh, it's there. You know, I, it's just I, I watch these shows, and they're done. I'm just like, eh, whatever, and I move on, and, and that's – Dragon Gate never had that for me, never had that effect, and it just, it just kind of does these days, so, so I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'll get around to the uh, top stuff on the show at some point. I have to watch everything for the column I write, but um, – yeah, I'm not going to pile on because I haven't seen the show, but Dragon Gate is of the major promotions where I watch everything. It's the one I'm least excited to watch. I just have to be honest. It's the, the atmospheres are just so dire at this point. And I, I don't know if that was the case here. I know it's only 2,400 people. Yeah, it was it was pretty dire. Only. And I think that maybe took it out a little bit for me because, it, like, again, I, I don't want to downplay this match and, and make people think that I thought the match sucked. I didn't think the match sucked. I thought the work was really, really good. I'm saying that I was not invested in it. I didn't really find it very exciting. I didn't find it very – it was – a, a, a solid worked match and, and everybody, you know, played the roles perfectly and all that sort of stuff. I just, I, I just didn't think it kicked, kicked into that next gear. And yeah, the crowd was, you know, 2000 people to, you know, in, in, in this Edeon arena, this is the day uh, after uh, a power struggle and, you know, exemplified by after the match, you know, Kakuta wins and he cuts a promo and, and Jay's doing the translation. So I don't know what Kakuta is saying exactly, but Jay's essentially saying like, yeah, there's, Kakuta's like, yeah, there's not that many people here, but uh, hopefully you all enjoyed yourselves and uh, tell your friends to come next time. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, wow. you know, and he's like, wow. it's kind of my fault, I guess, because I'm the champion. So I got to get more people here. And I'm like, oh, man, get into wow. it. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's kind of what the translation was. So 8.88 on cage match for the main event. Um, and what's more interesting is there's only seven votes. The, the average rating of the seven people gave it a 9.29, but because cage match does like a, they do a mathematical formula to minimize the effect when there's not a lot of votes on a match. That's why it's showing. I don't know if you're aware of that or if people yeah, are aware yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. So the true average rating of the seven people who rated it is 9.29, which is interesting because, um, well, I'm seems getting like, the chat room. I'm getting buried too. They said it rocked and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. Watch oh, it for yourself and see. Yeah, okay. it's fine. Well, maybe it's, it's fine. maybe it's really, maybe rich, is just the low man on it. I, I mean, I, you know, obviously I haven't, I didn't watch it. So, um, I'll give it a watch. And I want to say case went, um, let's see what he did on, on the website here. I think he did. I, I want to say he did three and three quarters, but let me, uh, let me clarify. So really? again, I'm fine that's, being the low I mean, man. I'm fine being the low man on that. Well, that's about what you would give it. Three and three quarters. No, no, no. Sorry. Right? Four and three quarters. I meant to say four and three quarters, four and three quarters. Oh my God. I have to watch this match. Uh, too. four and a half. He went four and a half actually. All right, I, I'm gonna have to make it a priority to watch the match. So we'll see. Rich, you got a lot of dubs today. Is this your final dub? I like, don't know. Am I gonna watch this I, and be like yeah. and text you tomorrow, of course, because you're gonna hit the sack in about five oh, absolutely. minutes. Absolutely, absolutely cannot wait. But am I gonna be like, yeah, you were right again. This was a uh, three and a half star match. I would say that the the base of, of your vibes with Dragon Gate right now, I think you're going to side with me more so than you're going to side with I, everybody. I, else. Listen, I can't lie; they're going to have to earn 
they're gonna have to earn every bit of praise because i'm gonna go into this arms folded teeth gritted because i think the promotion is just boring as hell so that's gonna but i'm gonna you know try to be as open-minded as possible these people so, got me thinking i gotta rewatch the smash now too but it's like i don't know stick I, to your guns man yeah, you sometimes know, you just yeah. sometimes a match just doesn't land for you and that's fine you know it's uh you can't be affected by by what other people think but um you know we'll see i will give you an update next week when i thought of this fucking match please do please do all right, and that is going to do it for us here on the flagship this week. Of course, VoicesOfWrestling.com for previews, reviews, and columns. We've mentioned it a bunch of times with FlagshipPatreon.com. Not only are you going to be able to get the Instant Reaction Live for Full Gear 2023 coming up, but our incredibly well-reviewed, well well, just just a wealth of people saying, hey, unbelievable job with this, great job, just nonstop praise that we've gotten for the Hall of Fame shows. Definitely go. Uh, and check those out. We, we we highly recommend them. And I always say it doesn't even matter if you don't care about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. It's just two plus hours of 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 three people talking about great pro wrestlers. And and, and you don't have to care about the minutia of the Hall of Fame. You just have to enjoy wrestling history and enjoy great wrestling. And that's what you're going to get. Just a wealth of knowledge. You will learn something because I learned something. I am positive. All of you are going to learn something from all these shows. I, I Every single show we did, I learned something more, especially that Ethan Tyler show. Like you said, I just learned so much about a bunch of candidates I had no idea about. But all that stuff is available uh, over at FlagshipPatreon.com. Uh, and then make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, just search Voices of Wrestling on YouTube, uh, as well as join our Discord, uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. And that is it for us. That is Joe. I am Rich. We will talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of All Elite Wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.